Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 88 of the Genesis Gems podcast, where we'll be covering Sonic 3D Blast. It'll be a blast, y'all. Anyways, I am Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Aaron. Hey, everyone. This is Aaron, the co-host of this podcast you're listening to. Yes. <laughs> and a special guest. Hi, special guest. Who do we have? Hey, this is Sean Enzisa. Robinson from NZ17 Productions online at nz17.com. Nice. Awesome. Not not NZ17, as I used to say. I won't. <laughs> hey, it makes it clearer because sometimes 17 sounds like 7T, like 70, but it's 10. Yes. 17. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's been a while. We uh, are the Kings rescheduling, but that's what we do. And uh, I used to apologize for it. I really don't have any reason to because it's just going to keep happening. But we yeah. are we are glad you're here. <laughs> we appreciate uh, it. I'm, I'm going to give the rescheduling garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Not a gem. Not a gem. Nope. Not but a gem. it's understandable because life. Yes. Life, kids. Life. I mean, I, I went and got married. Uh, that that was the thing that happened. What? <laughs> I what? did. Yeah. I think we talked about it on this show. It's been a while since we recorded one of these. Yeah. Uh, yeah I I might have talked about it a little bit on the, uh, I guessed it on the Two Dude Show recently. But yeah, I went off, uh, went on a big trip, went to Vegas, eloped, got married, went to California. We, we drove the whole way from Texas and uh, came back and... Um, we're in New Mexico to see my sister, and then we race back to get a vaccine shot. And then uh, it's been so long that tonight I actually just got my second vaccine shot. So it's like a month, right? <laughs> I'm all set. <laughs> like a whole month later, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I also got mine too. It was the one shot Johnson and Johnson Janssen vaccine. Well, there you go. I got my first one on Monday, so I'm scheduled for my second one in May. Cool. This, this is why people tune in. <laughs> to hear about COVID. Hey, this is vaccine talk, vaccine yeah. hour. But no, um, it, yeah, <laughs> that's, so. the, that's the new Bit Brothers podcast. Be sure to subscribe. <laughs> there you go. Hit that like button. Uh, no, I had, I had a really good trip. Uh, uh, it was really be in Vegas for the first time did not really feel like uh, you know it's still pandemic time so I really didn't feel like uh, going out and, and gambling so much but I've never been to Vegas uh, the only place I really did go to was um, I went and checked out the pinball yeah. hall of fame for a little bit and they've got a few locations and if you ever want to play um, a lot of really awesome pinball and check out some rare and one-of-a-kind pinball machines and some really cool old arcade games, uh, Pinball Hall of Fame is where it's at. Is, got it, to is play. it free play when you go there? Or do you have to put pump quarters uh, in? You pump quarters in, but every game costs only a quarter. So it's really just about every game's a quarter. So it's really not bad. Okay. I have a lot of those compilations they made back about 15 years ago or so where it was a bunch of pinball tables all in one, like the Williams Collection and the Gottlieb Collection, where they released them under that name on consoles. Yeah, those are actually the Farsight Technologies ones. I know which ones you're talking about. Those are actually pretty solid. And you know, some of those, like you can't even get some of those tables anymore because they lost the rights. So yeah, that's a, that's a cool way to play them. 
and you know unless you're doing some you know virtual pinball or whatever it is on pc so yeah but yeah that was super fun trip i'd never never been to vegas never been to california never seen the california coast uh so yeah if you ever you're get from to go the uh, you're from the texas area right I'm from South Texas. You are correct, sir. Yeah, see, it's been a super long time since I've been to Texas, so I know what you mean. It's like in reverse. You've never been to California and all these things with Vegas and the like because it's just so dang far. I mean, getting out of Texas takes like, <laughs> it's uh, like yeah. 12, 13 hours from where I'm at. So, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I live on the edge of West Virginia, and I can hit like three different states within two two hours. So it's, it's kind of different to hear that from Texas. <laughs> Yeah, and then like the first Airbnb we stayed at kind of reminded me of Silent Hill a little bit because nope. you look outside and it... <laughs> the the Airbnb itself it, w- it was fine, but it's like the view from the when you looked out the back patio, it just it looked like uh, we were in an industrial wasteland basically. We were like, in... <laughs> yeah, but it was it was decent. It was just like, oh, this is why it was only fifty bucks. No wonder. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, life. Uh, yeah. I'm coaching two different baseball teams and working like a madman. So it's been good. Fun times, though. That's good. My kids love baseball, which is really cool because I didn't, I'm not forcing it on them, but uh, it is a passion of mine. So kind of cool seeing them uh, enjoy it as much as I do. So yeah. It's awesome. So, hey, you know, uh, I wanted to apologize, guys, because last time we recorded an episode, which must have been about a year ago, um, I forgot to bring the jokes, and so that wasn't cool, so I made up a lousy one on the spot about Sonic 2006, which, you know, props, this is the, this is the 15th anniversary of that game, actually, and um, so if you like that Thanks game, you make me feel old. I, you know, I, I like got copies of that game, but from renting it before I owned it way back in the day, like the low times, I, I still haven't gone back to play the copies I now own. But you're still waiting. <laughs> I still don't feel too bad about forgetting the jokes because I listened to that Chicken episode, Nick, and uh, oh no jokes, no jokes, Nick. Oh, I you got a few. Sad. I got a few tonight, so I didn't forget. Like before that, you know, there was this episode where you weren't even on the show, and Landon and Aaron was there, and Aaron got this one trivia thing wrong, and Landon was right, and then he's like, you know what, Aaron, you probably know everything. I'm sorry, you're right. But no, it was Landon that was right. You guys, you guys, this has been a crazy last 12, 15 months, hasn't it? <laughs> it's, Agreed. It's a, it's a diff- difficult Cause you Because you're remembering stuff about the podcast. I, I mean, I can't remember the last podcast I did. So <laughs> <laughs> so if you remember that that far back, we're doing pretty good. Yep. <laughs> well, um, uh, I'm going to try to make up for my lack of jokes last time and... This one's in honor of Aaron. Guys, I wanted to ask you, why can melons not get married? Because they can't elope. Why is that? <laughs> Dang it, Nick. Just You need to stop subscribing to those Twitter joke feeds. Yes. I, th- I think I told that to my kids the other oh, day. <laughs> I'm just going to have to stay with the jokes I wrote myself, or I'll be foiled at every turn. Oh, that's a good one. That's right. My youngest son now rolls his eyes at me because I tell those awful dad jokes all the time. It's the outside influence, Nick. He loved them before. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> but, you know, this this game we're talking about is all about 3D. And uh, I actually had a friend of mine who says he can actually print a gun 
using his 3D printer. Um, I wasn't that impressed because I've had a cannon over here for years. So, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Although you actually can 3D print guns. Yeah, they probably can. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll go through this real quick. Uh, we are the Genesis Gems, and you can check us out on Patreon, our BitBrothers Network, patreon.com slash bitbros. Uh, go to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers. Uh, we now have a new website. I'm trying to migrate everything over from the old website. Uh, GenesisGemsPodcast.com is still active, but you can also go to bitbrosnetwork.com. Uh, we have both sites running uh, concurrently right now until we completely – Stop paying for the Genesis Gems Podcast Network uh, or GenesisGemsPodcast.com. So check those both out for the time being. And send us an email, GenesisGemsPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems and uh, all the other stuff we have, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, everywhere else you probably listen to us on, we're, we're out there. So appreciate that. I think we're even on Spotify now. That's awesome. But uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, Nick, the whole reason that I'm on this episode, like the previous one, is because I patronized, not in a condescending way, the <laughs> Bit Brothers slash Genesis Gems, and other people can too if they want to get on these shows, right? That's right. Thank you for that shout out. Patreon.com slash BitBros, where we sometimes have content, and we appreciate all you all who've stuck around. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's how I got my Genesis Gems merchandise that Nick personally sent to me, including my mouse mat, which is very handsome, and my uh, coffee, or in my case, tea mug, and my spiral-bound notebooks. So there you go. I like those notebooks. I was happy with those. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, while it's still alive, I just wanted to say, Nick, that uh, I have gone to the Genesis Gems podcast using the Dreamcast Planet Web web browser <laughs> and almost everything on there works except for the ping images. That is cool. <laughs> and uh, if you use Planet Web 3.0, the ping images work too. So almost everything works from the site. Man, that's now, almost compatible. you just have to use it on a... See if you can access it on a Sega Saturn, right? On the Netlink? Yeah, I don't have a Netlink yet. <laughs> Although the Dreamcast DreamPie for playing your games online works with the Saturn, so... Ooh, that's cool. This is kind of related, but I was really sad. I mentioned before the show, I just bought a Mac. It's brand new, like last week. Happy birthday to me coming up. But I I went to my Steam account, and I was like, ooh, I want to download Typing of the Dead, because I love that. And unfortunately, Typing of the Dead is Windows only on Steam. was not happy about that. Does the um, Mac Steam client have anything like Photon? I don't know. Well, on the Linux client, there's an option in Steam called Photon, which is Steam's variants of Wine, which stands for Wine is not an emulator. And though it, it's not perfect and it doesn't work with every game, a lot of them will work with Photon, so you can run Windows games under Linux. So I'm presuming eventually they'll do that with Mac. Okay, I'm taking that note down. That's good information. I did download uh, KOTOR 2 because I've never played it and it was on sale. So, nice. yeah, it's, it's, And uh, you're playing it's, a patch probably. Probably. <laughs> Hopefully the patch version. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled Photon. P-H-O-T-O-N. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that. I'm new to this Mac world. I was having... I've, I've been uh, texting Mike Kelso quite a bit like, hey, <laughs> what the heck's going on here? And he gives me all the pointers. And so we, He said, uh, Nick, there's only one mouse button. It's going to blow your mind. 
Well, I actually bought a mouse with two. So instead of doing the two, <laughs> the two finger click on the touchpad, I use my right click. Got you didn't want to control click. I did not want to control click or command. Here's a command. Wait, button. command. Oh, right. <laughs> I meant to say that. I said it backwards. How dare you? No. <laughs> there is a control button, but it kind of blew my mind that it doesn't work like the control does on Windows. So. I think well, my, guys, it took us it took us five schedulings, but I'm glad that we are all now talking. That's right. Even That's even right. if it's on a Mac. I know, oh, I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be condescending. No, it's good. I, I was for a long time, and then I bought one. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I used them uh, for years. Like I used one in well, I used an Apple IIe when I was in elementary school through junior high, <laughs> and then when I went to college, they had Emacs which are like iMacs for education. And uh, then when I got back, I bought one and I had one for a while, but the CD-ROM didn't work, the drive. And an old Mac with a non-working CD drive is not a very useful thing. <laughs> that is fair. Because <laughs> a lot of the software isn't on the internet anymore, so you need to get your Mac software on CD-ROM if you want to run it on the older machines, unless you know a great place for the old software somewhere. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, there's really only one Mac game I still want to play um, that you can't play any other way, and that's uh, Return to Dark Castle. Return uh, to Dark Castle. Yeah. Hey, and by the way, Nick, um, <laughs> I don't know if this will make your heart proud or not, but my family, my my mom collects license plates, and she has, amongst her modest collection of about 20 plates, one from West Virginia. Nice. I'm proud. Which is amazing, because I'm in Utah, and so you don't really see those around here. No, and, and it's nice to know that we are recognized as a state some, some other places. <laughs> some people don't even, they don't even realize we're a state, so... Well, you know, when they pulled those sneaky maneuvers during the early days yeah, of the did. Civil War, and they're like, no, no, this is a new state, guys. Yep. We don't need to go through standard procedure. Yeah, we, we learned all about that in West Virginia history class. Our, our history teacher just kind of said, I'm not teaching from the book tonight. I'm going to tell you all what really happened. <laughs> By the way, the uh, Genesis Gems mouse pad, it's not, uh, it's not lonely because I also have like a 1995 arcade or saturn virtual fighter mouse pad so they're like homies nice nice yeah i got that in california at one of those flea markets so it's all good and for those listening in the uk it's like a boot cell so it's not diseased it's there's no vermin <laughs> there's no bed bugs although it's a little yellowed from age i love flea markets all right, so let's uh, go right to this next segment, or really the first segment, I guess, since we're doing intros. This is Sega Snippets. Tap one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. One, two, one. Oh, sorry. Oh. I, I I thought I was having to sound effect it up. Never mind. It's I, cool. I like it. I'm glad you remembered that. <laughs> but uh, it, this, I've listened to almost every show by now. I appreciate that. We all do. Even the first few that are a little rough, but you know, we're there. But hey, this is kind of neat. Something I've been playing that kind of throw back to the last episode you were on, Sean. Um, 
so I, I, my family, we all have iPods, iPads, whatever. So I, I, we subscribe to the Apple Music family plan. Well, for like an extra five bucks, um, you can get the uh, Apple Arcade and all this other crap. So an Apple Arcade is Sonic Racing, and we all did. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of envious over that. Yeah, and we, we started playing that. I thought that was really cool, kind of appropriate for the show since you're here. But I uh, I hooked up my PS4 controller to my to my Mac. I know I'm going to keep bringing that up. Sorry, it's going to get annoying. But um, it, it is a little different of a Sonic Racing game, but it was a little fun. We had, we had a good time. My, my youngest son and I played that. Well, I have, I have a question for you, Nick. Yes. Can you feel the sunshine? Can I feel the sun? Does it brighten up your day? It does. <laughs> Even though I'm in dark mode, yes. No. Well, you know, just sometimes you really just want to run away. That's right. But, um, you know, actually, do you know the story behind that, Nick? The Apple Arcade Sonic Racing? I probably don't. What is it? Well, just real quick. Originally, it was just supposed to be a regular mobile phone game release for Android and iOS. And then Apple Arcade got announced and Sega was like, guys, guys, listen, you know how we were on the Gamecom with Sonic Jam Gamecom, yes. and we were on the Nokia N-Gage with Sonic N and we were on the Neo Geo Pocket Color with Sonic Pocket Adventure. We got to do this, guys. We are always on the front lines. Remember Sonic Freeriders? <laughs> we're going there again. So they're like, exclusivity, Apple Arcade, there and done. So when you play the game, that's why it feels a little empty. Like, where's my sense of progression? Because with Apple Arcade, no ads, no in-app purchases, none of that. It's all unlocked, so it's all just there. So it kind of destroyed the progression mechanic, is what I have heard from those who have played it. Hmm. And that's the story, Wishbone. I like it. (laughs) That is cool. Yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of that since you know you were on that show for last time and I played that. That's really the only game I've downloaded so far. I saw a, uh, speaking of pinball, I saw a kind of interesting game called Pinball Wizard I downloaded. I just haven't played yet. Looked like it was like a pinball game with a story, which I thought, Aaron, you made. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if you have a supple wrist, I'm sure it plays really well. <laughs> kind of like uh, kind of like Pinball Quest on the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes. Wait, we don't talk about yeah, that system on this show. No, no. We, we can if we then are disparaging. <laughs> there you go. So we can be like, that's a really good game for an NES. <laughs> you know, for 8 bits. Jeez. 8 bits. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 8 bits is enough for some people. Yeah. Well, what's um, funny is. Uh, yeah. I mean, NES had like five or six pinball games. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess I'll give the NES a little credit there. Because I think the Sega Master System really only had like one. I gotta so say, people like to be disparaging about video pinball. But from the Atari to today, I really like video pinball because I like pinball. So, gotta give props. I like pinball in any form or fashion. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, since we're all here on a Skype call, uh, how do onions actually call each other? I don't know this one. They ring. (laughs) Fried onion rings. (laughs) Guys, I have literally wrote hundreds of jokes down in the last few years, so I'm going to be pulling from my own personal archive. So if it's something you've heard before, you let me know, and I'll mark that as not original enough. You're gonna to have to like make a uh, an online document. We'll make a link to it. <laughs> I actually do, but I'm hoping to turn it into a series of joke books, so I, I don't want to make them public. Nice. <laughs> That's right. Cool. So right I'll here. just throw in an extra because of the attention. So you want uh, to throw yeah. people off the scent. 
this guy, guy right he was walking around all day really long day goes home goes to the kennel he dies in the kennel why his dogs were killing him Uh, okay, I had, to, I had to think about that for a second, and <laughs> and now I realize that by dogs, it, they were slaying for shoes. There you go. I'm, you know, I'm, it's actually a good thing that it took you a moment there, because our international viewers, unfamiliar with these Americanisms, are going to be like, what? What did that mean? I, I mean, would... <laughs> I've only heard my dogs are barking because I think I've heard people on TV say it's definitely not a thing being said over here. I think it's it's colloquial to certain parts of the U.S. I guess. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry more for of a, derailing things. Take well, a snippet, yeah, no, right? It's okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> but uh, snippets, here, here's the thing. I'm more of a cat guy. Only problem was the other day I actually ran over a cat, and uh, I didn't kill it. So I had, and actually I ran over its tail. So I had to hurry up and get it in the car and drive it off to Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, because Walmart's the biggest retailer in America. Is that right? (laughs) Uh, I'm still not quite sure the punchline here. (laughs) It's tail. Uh, I ran over its tail. (laughs) Got to get a new tail. Oh, retail. (laughs) Retail. Yeah, I didn't tell that one very well. Sorry, uh, Nick. That one was a little flat. (laughs) All right. (sighs) Virtual wires rolling everywhere in all of our downloads. That's all right. I I will uh, fill the empty void here with with some Sega snippets of my own. So, uh, my oldest daughter also had a birthday, and uh, she asked for a Sega Saturn for her birthday. And wouldn't you know it, I was able to get her a Sega Saturn and a little device called the Terra Onion Mode. I've been reading uh, about that. Yeah, um, it's not as easy to install as, say, there's another device that's out there that you literally just plug into the back where the the video card would go. Isn't uh, it compatible with both Dreamcast and Saturn? It absolutely is. So if you buy one, and PlayStation 1 now, uh, oh. so yeah, if you get one, it works on all three of those systems. Uh, but I just have it hooked up to the Saturn and... Uh, Got to play some games with my my daughter and uh, all the kids, actually. uh, We reorganized their room, and I I put the old TV, old CRT, and Sega Saturn, Sega Genesis, all the old systems, uh, hooked it up, and we got to play some Sega Saturn, and, uh, you know, kids kids were thrilled. Got to play some Sonic R and some Sonic 3D Blast Saturn version. Um, Got to check out what could have been with Sonic Jam because, you know, as as you guys know and many of the listeners, uh, there wasn't really a truly 3D Sonic game on the system. Uh, Sonic Extreme got canceled. So Sonic Jam was pretty much the closest thing we got to that because you'd play that and it when you boot up that game, it would take you to a museum mode that would let you run around a 3D Sonic world with a pretty pretty decent frame rate at the time, it looked pretty good for the Saturn. Uh, and and what that museum mode will let you do is let you watch uh, some old Sonic cartoons and all sorts of clips and promotional material, and then check out the soundtracks and go check out uh, 
artwork from the games and concept sketches and all sorts of cool things that you could could unlock through playing it uh, so yeah um i don't even know what got my daughter on a saturn kick i think it was we were watching i think we were watching some like history of sonic extreme and she's just like dad i want to say a saturn um and so there you go that's the story yeah. we got it I- am inspired because i think what you need to do aaron is now watch the sega high school girls anime with your daughter with saturn and dreamcast and mega drive because oh, i have heard of that right? where they're, they're actual characters that are yeah. embodiments of the video game systems right i bet the kids would love that <laughs> i think they would get a kick out of that i think you're right but yeah that is my sega snippets for the past however long it's been since we last recorded. <laughs> well, uh, I know that the last time we were going to, well, the first time we were going to try to record this show was two months ago. So I imagine that the last show was uh, about two or three months ago. Yep. Yep. But who's counting? The good news is we're all here. We're all accounted for. And <laughs> we're bringing to you that. Yeah, good Genesis gems that you love. No, good stuff. <laughs> well, I guess it's my turn for Sega Snippets. Yes, but sir. Hey, before that, Nick, <laughs> yes, did you have anything particularly, like, how much time have you played Sonic Racing game that is not Sonic R, but Sonic Racing for iOS? Not very long. Maybe an hour. Uh, so, you, so, like, how is it? Like, is it fun? Is it good? The graphics seemed a little blah. Yeah, and there's really no drifting. Basically, you turn and you drift. But it uh, it was a cool pickup kind of, you know, arcade game. Does Sonic run or drive a car in this one? Drive a car. It it, it has the oh, same God. like cover art as the one that we played last year. And so it's, it's it's got that same name. But then then there's all these microtransaction things that are happening, and I'm like, oh, no 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 no. But I just played the game. But aren't they aren't they free? I th- yeah. I, when I say I'm sorry, when I say microtransactions, it's stuff you got to kind of build up in the game. But uh, there really wasn't like a, uh, what am I calling it, like a campaign mode or a story mode. It was basically just quick race and online play. Yeah, it was It was supposed to be like Sonic Forces Speed Battle, where it's a companion game to the big yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it is it better than that Mario Kart for iOS and Android? Uh, well, based on that I downloaded Mario Kart and deleted it within like 10 minutes, I'd say yes. Uh, <laughs> and I usually well, love Mario Kart. there you go. Kart. Yeah, <laughs> usually love Mario Kart. Well, um, I actually, I've got a lot of Sega snippets because I kind of been like building them up over time. And so since it's been a few months. He's like a um, Sega camel. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> gotta, you got to sustain yourself. So um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually went to Japan in 2018. Oh, nice. Oh, awesome. And when I was there, uh, it was the summertime. It was like July and August. And uh, can't go to Japan without loading up on media, which is exactly what I did. Sweet. Um, so I got two Game Gear games over there because the Game Gear is uh, universal. You know, there's no regional lockout to control pricing and what have you. Um, which is actually funny because back when I went to Germany in the 90s, my godfather was all concerned that the Game Gear games wouldn't work with the Game Gear but he just really didn't want me spending any money on games. And so instead of getting the Game Gear game, which I wanted, which was um, 
uh, what is that? Poker Face Paul's uh, Blackjack, I think it was. Instead, um, I did the opposite of what like he was warning me about. And so I went from the Game Gear, which was region-free, it would have worked perfectly, and I got Centipede for the Atari 2600 instead. So that was a PAL game. And thankfully, I had such an old NTSC TV that there were dials on the back, which let you control the, the roll and pitch and stuff. And so I was able to play the PAL Centipede on my Atari 2600. It looked really good. Um, nice. So I got the Game Gear games from Japan. Um, funny enough, the Game Gear has no regional lockout. So you can play games from any territory, but it does have a regional setting in the Game Gear and the games. So if you play, for example, a Japanese Game Gear game on an American Game Gear, if the Game Gear game has code in it to detect that, you'll actually get the American version of the game instead of the Japanese version of the game. I have heard of this, and I heard that there was one game in particular where it never even got an American release but if you stick that Japanese version in, you'll get the American release that never came out or the Western release that never came out over here. That's absolutely true. Pretty crazy. So I got two of those. I also got a PSP game, which, you know, the enemy. But hear me out. <laughs> it's actually Soccer Wars 1 and 2 compiled onto a single UMD. So I was like... I run News from the Sakura Wars at nz17.com slash Sakura hyphen wars. And so I'm like, well, I got to pick this up. It's a very convenient way to play the game. Ooh, I did. I Wait, I didn't tell you. I, I went and uh, grabbed the fan translated version on Saturn and I look forward to checking it out. Uh, so you, you downloaded but haven't played yet. I have down. Well, I also picked up uh, Grandia or Grandia. Uh, and Vandal Hearts and uh, yeah, games that like came out on other systems, and then I'm just like, oh, now they're translated on Saturn. Uh, it's really cool to be able to play them that way. So yeah, I've been uh, covering the, uh, the whole saga on that, and the Grandia guy has actually worked with the Sakura Wars guy, and they shared information on technology and techniques, and he was responsible for figuring out the code for the codex on the Saturn videos. And from there, they were able to take the high-resolution PC videos from the PC ports of Soccer Wars and then convert them into a Saturn-compatible format and include them in the patches so that they could put English in certain videos so they'd have subtitles. Which is just the coolest thing, if you think about it. It's just like, you know, you'd be happy just having translated text but to have like the actual you know fmvs that play in the game and have them be translated too with subtitles and everything's great yeah so you got good times ahead yes sir <laughs> so uh if we fast forward two years to the summer of 2020 <laughs> i took a trip to california to go help out my grandmother she's she loves technology but she is like technically illiterate and is always afraid she's going to mess something up so i went over there to help her set up a bunch of things and in the process i had to load up on more media so i bought nine game gear games including one of those poker face paul games 
I got Hydro Thunder for the Dreamcast. Yeah. I also got a Bugs Bunny game for the Game Gear and several others that I'd been wanting for years. Um, I got not one, but two Sega Master System games. Um, I believe it was Hang On and Safari Hunt or Jungle Hunt. Maybe it was Safari and Jungle Hunt. But either way, very good games. So added those to the massive hoard. I mean, my collection. <laughs> um, and, okay, you guys know it's Sega's 60th anniversary this year, right? Yeah, and I was kind of under underwhelmed by, by what they did. <laughs> the, well, the you know. Stuff. Well, Sega. yeah. Like almost everything from Japanese companies, if you're Japanese, you get first-class treatment. Everybody else gets second, third, fourth, or fifth-class treatment. I mean, and there this, was that cool Game Gear thing, but that never came out here. Well, we did not get the Astro City Mini, which is a miniature arcade machine that's loaded up with uh, various ar- arcade games that Sega released in Japan for the Astro City so we missed out on that, too. Yeah, that did look pretty cool. So it looks like a mini Japanese arcade machine. And we didn't get any of Sega's 60th anniversary t-shirts that they released to commemorate this new mini and micro hardware and all their past consoles and stuff. So we basically just got a website with a few <laughs> images and videos. But I couldn't let it stand at that. So I imported one, two, three, four Game Gear micros. Oh, you got, wasn't it like you, if you got all four, they unlocked something? Well, um, it's not Voltron. Right. But um, there's actually, if you want to be technical about it, six Game Gear micros. And the way that it worked is you could get the, and each one includes four games built into them. So you had the, um, the black one. The blue one, the red one, and the yellow one. Now, the, um, let me see here. Here we are, Game Gear Micros. I wrote down a list of all the games on there in case anybody is a fan of these. They're uh, Shining Force Gaiden Final Conflict, because it actually has all three Shining Force games on a single Game Gear, including Shining Force the Sword of Haja, which is the only one we got here in the United States slash North America. Yeah, and, and Shining Force Gaiden, and I believe they are all on the yellow Game Gear Micro. Why can't they be in English? Yeah, um, I don't know. I actually haven't played <laughs> that one, but they're they're all set to Japanese, so they all will be in Japanese, even if the ROMs include the English. Yeah. Um, now the red one, the red one was the Atlas Game Gear Micro. So that had Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special. <laughs> it had Revelations the Demon Slayer, which actually was released in North America, but it was on the <laughs> Nintendo Game Boy. Game Boy. So, you know, who cares because it's on Game Boy. I mean, I respect the Game Boy and its library, but I have a difference of opinion on how that war should have ended up. Um, so, what was... Oh, uh, no... Wait, Royal Stone, that's on the black Game Gear. Gunstar Heroes, that's on the blue Game Gear. Columns is on the blue Game Gear. Um, I think I already mentioned Revelations, the Demon Slayer. 
Sonic the Hedgehog is on the black Game Gear. Outrun's on the black Game Gear. Nazo Puyo, Arl no Ru, is on the blue Game Gear. That's a, that's a puzzle game in the Puyo Puyo series with a bunch of pre-made puzzles where you have a limited number of moves and you have to solve them. So it, it, unlike the arcade style, it's like pre-built puzzles for people that like that more. Uh, Sonic Chaos on the blue Game Gear. Um, Sylventel, an extremely expensive Game Gear game. It's a nice-looking Game Gear game. It, it plays a bit like uh, Zelda, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's why I picked it up, because the actual cartridge is so very expensive. Gave me all the more reason to buy these Game Gear micros. <laughs> and uh, the other games included are Puyo Puyo 2, Baku Baku Animal, which is a puzzle game that was released here. And Shinobi, which is freaking excellent. And uh, Royal Stone, which is, uh, I mentioned that earlier, that's the sequel to... Um, Crystal uh, Warriors. Cr yeah, Crystal Warriors. And you can definitely tell by the art style, and it is it is a gem, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, it's almost like, why didn't they just... I kind of wonder if they had a different team working on it than Shining Force, because I feel like those are very close to each other in style. They play slightly differently, but it's the same sort of, you know, I, I loved Crystal Warriors, but, you know, it's got the similar grid-based, uh, you know, strategy RPG thing going on. And then I think Royal Stone fleshes out the RPG elements a bit more. Yeah, they, um, they include, or fans translated Royal Stone into English for anybody that wants to play that. Yeah, I don't. You know what? Out of the games on your list, I don't know if there's a single game on there now that hasn't been fan translated. Because even uh, the last Bible one, the Atlas ones, I think uh, at least the last Bible one's been translated. Um, but I I can't think if there's anything else on your list that has not been translated yet. Well, I'll tell you. Um... AM2 made these Game Gear micros, just like with the Sega Genesis Mini and the Astro City Mini, and uh, they once again did an excellent job. They so, all do, don't they? <laughs> you know, like they have uh, former members of Compile on their team, and they went and actually made a new Game Gear game in quotation marks, something that's to the spec of the Game Gear recently which was they went and did uh, a collection of the 8-bit Alesti games. Yeah, that and, has the white Game Gear micro. Yeah, and then they, they actually put... Uh, it was Alesti, Alesti 3, basically, which did not exist before. They went and made mm. a new, new game in that same style as Alesti 1 and 2, which we kind of knew as Power Strike 1 and 2 over here, so... Yeah, they put uh, really cool. uh, all of those games. It's like it was for PS4 with the newest game. And then they put a compilation of the Master System and Game Gear games, plus this brand new game, all on the white Game Gear Micro. You could only get with the limited edition of that Japanese only release. This is crazy. Just just give me all the games. Come on. So, how, how, and, how, how playable? Um, there was, I'm sorry, let me cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say the the sixth and final Game Gear Micro is actually a translucent shell. You see, if you buy all four Game Gear Micros as a set, you get them plus you get the big window micro 
also known as the screen magnifier micro, which trust me, the screen on this is like the size of two postage stamps. So you really want that screen magnifier like they okay. were so popular for the original Game Gears with their much larger screen. And so you've got this screen, which is like maybe a third of the size. And so you want to get that magnifier, even if it's got all those plastic lines, just like the original, because they're trying to be authentic. Um but the only way to get the clear translucent shell was to buy from, well, they used to call it D-Direct for Dreamcast Direct, but now it's called Sega Direct. And you had to buy from Sega's online shop to get it, but they only shipped to Japan, whereas Amazon Japan ships worldwide. So I didn't get the one with the translucent shell because I wasn't going to pay like eBay markup prices or <laughs> send it to someone in Japan and then have them send it to me because, you know, that's asking a lot of a person. Yeah, that was my but, question. Uh, that was my question, though, is like how easy is, is it to see their screens? But I think you just answered that for me. <laughs> you definitely need the magnifier. If, if you're nearsighted, <laughs> it's actually not a problem to play it without the screen <laughs> magnifier. And if you have normal vision, it's okay. But if you're farsighted, you're definitely going to want to put on your prescription lenses or your readers or whatever. Unfortunately, as much as I had wanted it to be the case, there is no micro HDMI port on the Game Gear micros. They have a micro USB port on them so that you can play them uh, directly off of a power line, or you can put two AAA batteries into them and play them off of that. They last for about like 10, 11 hours on the AAAs. It's actually funny because I found an Easter egg in the Game Gear micro. Like, it's got all this great original music by, um, oh, you'll remember his name, Aaron, the guy that composed the Shinobi games Yuzo for Game Gear. He worked, yeah, the guy from Ancient. He did all the music for the Genesis Mini and the Game Gear Micros, Astro City Mini, any of the new music, he composed it. Um, so those are really cool. But what I discovered is if you let the batteries run extremely low on power the the unit itself isn't very good at detecting how much power is in the battery so it'll like show 50 percent charged when you first boot it on before it finally realizes oh wait at the rate we're using power it's really more like 10 percent but when you drain it really low you'll get this hilarious manga style comic picture show up on your screen and it's Ninja Princess from the Master System game. And she's got a broken sword and one throwing star left. And she's facing these three ugly ninja guys. And that's the low power screen <laughs> while she's thinking a thought balloon of low power. And I thought that was great. That's cool. Nice. And uh, we're almost halfway through my Sega snippets. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we should... Um... Just for the sake of time, I think we should abbreviate slightly. Uh, sure. Yeah, if you don't mind, uh, just because I feel like <laughs> uh, I don't want to take up too much more time on, or else it's going to be Sega Uncut. Uh, kind of like this game. So. Well, you know, I mean, I have heard those certain episodes that went for three or four hours. <laughs> this is fair, but I, I just... I mean, I don't want to be up all night. That's what I'm really saying. Oh, okay. Well, now that we're being honest, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll say in the last six months, I picked up a Sega Genesis Mini. And uh, despite many claims to the contrary, no, there are not 40 games on here. There's actually over 42 games because a lot of people aren't counting the 2019 brand new ports of Darius and Tetris, which is not the old Tetris, but a brand new port. 
Plus the regional variants make a big difference. Like if you think Contra hardcore or Probotector hardcore is too hardcore, play the Japanese one for a balanced game. Yeah, the Contra the hardcore, that's actually much more playable and I can get past the first stage. <laughs> I'm going to give you a life meter. It's, it's pretty nice. And uh, it's also an excellent way to play the extremely expensive and extremely rare in Japan, Castlevania Bloodlines. That was like one of the very last Japanese games released over there. You switch the Genesis Mini over to Japanese, you can play that one. So it's kind of, you know, cool to know that you've got this game that's worth like hundreds of dollars on there that you can just play. Um and, of course, I like playing Probotector see the regional differences with those European releases of games when you switch the language into, like, Italian or German or what have you. But, um, so, yeah, I had a really good time with the Genesis Mini. I noticed something neat. Like, there's these little oddities I found about it. Like, if you play the Japanese or European game, you press the long hold on the start button or you press the reset button to bring up the save menu. Create a save state change the language to like English or Japanese or a different language, go in, play that game. You'll get that variant, like the Japanese version of Sonic the Hedgehog one that has the bug fixes and graphical improvements, like clouds moving in the sky and green hills out. You play that. It shows all the save states from all the different languages and region selections on the save state menu. And if you load up that save state, you won't be playing, say, the Japanese game. If you loaded up the English game save state, you are playing the English game regardless of what the language was set to. So go figure. <laughs> crazy stuff. So, okay. This next one, I'll keep it brief because in real life, it took two months. I had this nightmare thing with GameStop. I was like, oh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I'm going to buy me some games. Look at this. Uh, basically, buy two, get two free. All right, I'm going to stock up on games. I get me Mario and Sonic at the 2010 Vancouver Olympic Games for the Wii. Get uh, I got Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform for Wii U. I got about 24 different things. They didn't send it all as one or two packages. It arrived in like six different packages. A lot of games, they are like weeks went by, had to call their technical support or customer support. It like took two hours once to get through to a person. They kept shuffling me around. Eventually with some orders like, eh, we're not going to send you those games. Sorry, we'll refund you the money. Had to go out onto eBay, bought replacement copies. The replacement copy arrived of the one. Then the GameStop games arrived anyways. And then the replacement copy for the other one went and arrived. And I was like, great, now I got two copies of these two games. So <laughs> got Sega games that way. So that's my snippet part. <laughs> and finally, uh, it's Sonic the Hedgehog's 30th anniversary, guys. Absolutely. So... We got all sorts of coolness. Uh, IDW, which makes the Sonic comics now that Archie doesn't, they're putting out some special anniversary comics, including a hardcover one to mark the anniversary. Um, we got special limited edition Sonic the Hedgehog statuettes, like that classic fight from the first game against Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman. Uh, fans are actually using Patreon to uh, crowdfund a Sonic Boom Season 3 of sorts with 3D models from the games and stuff they've extracted. Um, it's been leaked out of Italian and German trade publications that Sega is making an HD remaster of Sonic Colors, 
which will, for the first time, include a German dub. Um, I listened to an interview. Do you guys listen to the Retro Hour podcast? I have not heard of it, no. Nope. Well, I only discovered it recently thanks to a recommendation from the Amazon Echo or Google Home Assistant. And excellent show, recorded over in Britain. A uh, bunch of really great guys. It's very similar to the podcast on the Bit Brothers Network. And they do interviews with industry uh, veterans on each episode. So, like, the first half is news, the second half is interview. And they interviewed one of the guys that worked at Sumo Digital. And those that know, of course, Sumo Digital made the Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, and Team Sonic Racing uh, games. And I'm just reading between the lines here, guys, but I believe, even though, you know, non-disclosure agreement, he couldn't say anything, but he basically told the guys, yeah, interview me in a few months, and we'll talk about what I've been working on. So I'm pretty sure we're getting another racing game. Sweet. That's my theory, new Sonic racing game before the end of the year. And, um, I mean, if, if all we're otherwise getting is an HD remaster of Sonic Colors, I already got it on Wii and DS, so I'm not super excited. So I'm also hoping we're going to get, like, another Sonic Mania-like game, too. But even if it's just, like, a racing game, I'll buy that. Um, finally, last three things. Have you guys heard that Castlevania Resurrection for the Dreamcast has finally seen the light of day after getting canceled in 2000? I think Aaron actually yeah, said that to me. Yeah. I did. I posted about it in the group, which if you guys are not on the group, you should get in our group on our Facebook page, on our group page, actually. Yeah. That is awesome, so, awesome news. Yeah, that was amazing. Because basically, long story short, Konami of Japan with Konami of America was like, you know, Sega of America with Sega of Japan. And like, we don't need superior hardware for the Dreamcast. We don't need Superior Castlevania game for the Dreamcast. You Americans know nothing. So those got canceled. Then uh, Konami went with PS2 for making Castlevania games. And we didn't get that game. But somehow somebody got a copy of it on Dreamcast GDRs and uh, made a video of it. But we know very little otherwise because he's being secretive. So it's very cool. Um, also, for anyone in the audience that's fans of Alex Kidd, Monster World or Wonder Boy, we got ourselves some more freaking remakes and sequels and stuff. Um, there is an HD remake of Alex Kidd and Miracle World being released in 2021. There was a new Monster Boy slash Wonder, uh, sorry, Monster World slash Wonder Boy game uh, just released recently called uh, Monster Boy um, in like the Miracle World or something? I can't remember. I don't have the page up right now. But that exists out there for fans of that series. And anybody that likes Monster World 4, which is actually the sixth game in the series, but Monster World 4 for the Sega Genesis, that game is actually getting a 3D remake by the people that made the original game, and it's called something like Asha in Monster World, and that's getting released in April 2021. So some awesome Sega news. Awesome, go Sega! Yeah, and that's a yeah. lot of go Sega. No, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of good Sega stuff happening. So we're excited to talk about it and hear about it. Yep. So I guess um, with that said, guys, it's almost summertime. So I got a joke before we we switch over to the next segment, which um, you know the the thing about the seasons is, some are fun, some aren't. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Fell right into that. We can spring on to our next uh, section here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, hey, wait is is Aaron the fall guy? The fall guy, mm, you know, the winter of our discontent. Please, Nick, go ahead. <laughs> There's an alien ant farm song used to do that. Anyways, uh, hey, game on, Aaron. Game on. Game on, Sean. Game on. Game on. Yeah, game on. Sega! So here we are covering another Sonic game, episode eighty-eight. This time we're going three D, guys. Or ISO 3D. I don't know what you call that. But we are in the Sonic 3D. Isometric. ISO 3D <laughs> metric. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Sonic 3D Blast. So as far as memories go, um, I didn't actually own this one uh, until probably about, I'm going to say 10 years ago, because I played it more emulator. Um, when I had my Sega as a kid, I only had Sonic 2 and 3. Um, and then I had Sonic 1 on the six-pack, but I never got the 3D Blast. But I did play this game quite a bit. Uh, through the emulator days and then of course you know over the last however many so years i've owned it but uh it uh it always kind of one of those ones i'd always pop back up um i i did have it on the ps3 uh genesis collection which i know it's not on the new one i have on the switch but um got all the trophies on that which was kind of fun to do and uh yeah it was just it's been kind of a staple in my aren't, aren't those called retrofitted achievements well on the show yeah sorry no no i mean they totally stole your idea oh, it's just called yes. them trophies that's right that's right they stole my, my idea. <laughs> but yeah, that was my memories of the game. Um, and it's been fun kind of letting my kids play it as well. Hopefully they get some good memories about it as well. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with this. I'll, uh, what about our... you, Aaron? Oh, you know what? I'll go last. I'll let you go, go next time. Oh, well, I'm going to say, you know, I actually, um, I used to play this game over at friends' houses because I didn't own a Sega Genesis until like 2000, 2001. Um, and then I bought up a whole bunch of Sega Genesis consoles and games from the place I used to work because they were clearancing out the 16-bit games to make room for the 32-bit PlayStation games they rented at a local video store called Video Movie Land. So I ended up like getting three Sega Genesises or Genesi, however we should pluralize that. And um, this game Mega though drives. was not, huh? <laughs> we'll just call them Mega Drives. Mega Drives. Um. <laughs> Well, I am Mega Driven. Um, they they didn't have Sonic 3D Blast though, so I had only borrowed that up until a certain point. Which back in the late 90s, there was this nebulous time where Sega was in between consoles in America, where you know Bernie Stoller's like, "Hey, I hate 2D and RPGs, so let's euthanize the Saturn. The Saturn is not our future. So okay, what now? Well, Sega ported lots of their games to PC." And I have big box PC copies of Sonic CD, Sonic and Knuckles Collection, Sonic R, and Sonic 3D Blast. And Sonic 3D Blast was part of a two-pack with Sonic R, I believe. I wrote it down, but it wasn't in my notes, so I'm just rolling with it. Um, so that was the first copy of Sonic 3D Blast I owned, which, even if somebody's played the Saturn version and the Sega Genesis version, they should still play the PC version because while the PC version is basically the Saturn version, um, it's high resolution, or at the very least the same resolution, but it's got more graphical effects because, you know, PC hardware versus Saturn at the time. Um, and this port was done after the Saturn, so the PC hardware was even more powerful. But the biggest, most noteworthy difference is that the game has totally different special stages. 
So that's actually kind of cool. Like, look on YouTube if you want to see without playing it. Um, so that was the first copy on the second one. I actually did get it on Genesis. Then the third copy was Sonic Mega Collection for the GameCube. Played a lot of that. Uh, the fourth one was for Sega Saturn. I have all the Sonic North American Sega Saturn games, which is sad because I haven't played because my Saturn's in storage. Uh, and then fifth and sixth, I have two different copies on Steam for the first original Sega Genesis and Mega Drive Classics one, which was Windows only executable and the ROMs were encrypted. And then the relaunch slash remake of that compilation where it was now for Windows, Mac, and Linux, and the ROMs are unencrypted, and you can make it play your own ROMs. And so six copies and uh, good times. Although sometimes when I hear the name, it reminds me of a Nintendo game called Sonic Blast Man. Do you, you guys ever think of that game when you hear Sonic 3D Blast? Sonic, Sonic Blast, Blast Man. Yeah, it's a Super Nintendo game. Wasn't it an, uh, it's like a beat maybe an arcade game? Yeah, it was a beat-em-up. Yeah, I, I used to rent that game all the time. Yeah, it was arcade too. I always got him confused with uh, oh the Capcom. Captain Commando. Yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. I always did. Yep. Yeah, I, I I definitely understand that because they were both beat 'em ups and futuristic and yeah. I just I, me- I remember so, that, that Emmer a- animation he did. He like wind his fist up real fast. It was, it was cool. So Nick, uh, did, did any of the readers write in with their memories? Not and by readers, I mean listeners. Not not memories, but uh, they did rate the game, which we'll get to at our game rating. Second. Ooh, yeah! I'm looking forward to that. Suspicion. Before we suspicion. get suspicion, <laughs> wait. <laughs> you mean, I mean suspense? Maybe I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I can I can Words chime in here, I guess, uh, with with my my memories of this game. So this came out in '96, and what I remember most was this was sort of the era of uh, pre-rendered backgrounds and. Uh, you know, you, you thought the 16-bit consoles were on their last legs, but watch out. You know, here's Nintendo debuting things like Killer Instinct, you know, with Rare and Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. So you had these games coming out um, that basically made the 16-bit hardware of that time look more impressive than it really was compared to, you know, the Saturn and and PlayStation. Uh, and so when this game dropped... You know, that was sort of the expectation of anything coming out on the Sega Genesis, which is like, oh, there's going to be a new Sonic game. And I think Vector Man had come out at that point. Uh, so we were we were still super hyped, you know, how to Sega Genesis and all the Sonic games growing up. Uh, and, and I want to say, you know, we had really good memories. We, we bought this game immediately when I was a kid. Um, and we had really good memories of like the, the really cool intro screen that was kind of mind-blowing and then we also had a sega nomad and so it looked even better yeah, uh, when you fired this I know, game i'm up. still jealous over that <laughs> yeah so like you, you'd see that that sega nomad you know you get the get it in the nomad and you'd see that really cool sega logo um pop up that animated sega logo and then you'd hear that sega and and then it would um go into that crazy you know, crazy for the time, and there was very few other Sega Genesis games that were doing that sort of full motion video, and definitely not with as many colors as they were showing uh, with the the tricks they were doing. I think the only other example was like Red Zone, uh, doing like red scale. But yeah, uh, my memories was I enjoyed this game. It it is a little bit frustrating. 
Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it as a kid. Um, I, I never beat it. Uh, we later got a Sega Saturn. My brother picked that up also. Same deal. Was disappointed that Sonic Extreme didn't come out, but we had Sonic 3D Blast, which, you know what? I liked it on the Saturn also. Um, and I liked the addition of, of new music um, and those cool bonus stages. But I have to go, like, if we were talking music-wise, I still think the Sega Genesis version had the better tunes. Yeah, back in the day, it, the way I first finished this game was actually finishing Sonic 3D Blast for Windows, like, 98, I think, at the time I was playing it on. And, um, yeah, that was really, you know, a great time. But at first, I was really dismissive of both this game and Sonic Blast for the Game Gear, especially that one, because with the 8-bit color palette and it just I, I thought all of these pre-rendered things from Donkey Kong Country to all the others just looked atrocious like you know I want these pure flat shaded 2D sprites that you know are made by the programmers and artists not these pre-rendered silicon graphics with all this CGI craze so I really did not like how Sonic Blast looked so that's the only Game Gear game that is Sonic that I don't own a copy of but over time, uh, you know, I watched some YouTube videos. I'm like, you know what? This looks a lot better in motion, and it's a lot better game than I gave it credit for. So I'm not, I, I still prefer the traditional look of games with 2D graphics, but now I don't have such a rough edge towards the pre rendered CG. And hey, from this game, a lot of the music that was in here or unused ended up in Sonic Adventure, and that's also one of my favorites. So, you know, it's all good. Is Saw good, man? Saw good. So yeah, this this game, um, interesting enough, was developed by Traveler's Tales, which if everyone's you know ever played a Lego game, uh, you know from the past ten years, PG games, yeah, yeah, you would see that logo, which is really cool. And before Sonic 3D Blast, they worked on games like uh, Pugsy and Mickey Mania, Disney's Toy Story. So there was some you know an okay resume there, but Sonic 3D Blast after that, if you look at their resume, I mean it's just like cool game after cool game and i love the lego games i think they're fun to play with the kids and i sometimes even pop the old star wars back in there and, and uh, have a good time with them so yeah um so that's kind of neat and of course you know it was published by sega and aaron mentioned 96 november 96 what i wrote down and uh if you're looking to buy this game today which right now it is april of 2021 you can get this uh loose for about 11 to 12 dollars and uh price charting has it a complete in box for about 39 now was this the paper box or was this one of the Hard, hard plastic boxes. Paper box. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah, I was going to say, I think so. Okay. So, yeah. Late release, they were doing paper boxes and black and white instructions. Yeah, which breaks my That's heart. often why some of those go for a lot because the paper just, you know, people don't treat their things well in a lot of cases. So, it goes for more if it's complete and good, good condition. Yeah. It breaks my heart to know all the old games I had that had paper boxes and I just threw them away as a kid. It's like, oh, I did. Oh, Nick, let me tell you. <laughs> I had all of my game gear boxes and it was like late 90s and i was like you know what i need to grow up i need to get rid of some of this stuff so i was going to throw away all the boxes and manuals and i'm like oh you know what? i'll keep the manuals and I, I got rid of all the boxes and the cardboard inserts and the little plastic bags and i still regret that just like i got rid of all of my sonic comic books from the promotional sonic number one quarter all the way up through like the late 20s or early 30s of the comic i just gave them to a kid that looked like he'd appreciate them at a yard sale and uh i still kind of wish i had those comics you know yeah. 
just like I traded five or six Game Gear games just to get Tales Adventure for the Game Gear from a pawn shop. I really wish I still had some of those. They were like, you know, the Disney Game Gear games and a couple of like platformers and stuff. And now I got to rebuy them all one day. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's so many instances where I did things like that. I get you. But hey, real quick on Moby Games. There's a little mini story, I call it, a little summary that we'll read real quick about Sonic 3D Blast. So if you haven't played this or don't really understand the story, here's a little quick summary for you. It says, while visiting Flicky Island, Sonic notices that the Flickies, his small feather friends that can travel between parallel worlds, were captured and turned into Badniks, the robot enemies of Sonic, by Dr. Robotnik in his never-ending quest for the Chaos Emeralds. Seven levels separate Sonic from the final showdown with Robotnik. And I have to say, um, I know we haven't covered Flicky yet, so I won't really say but uh, what I think. <laughs> but the little Flickies are awesome. I, th- I think that's kind of a cool <laughs> little thing. Because when I first played this, I was looking for that, you know, I need speed, fast sonic speed. But then I'm like, this is more of an exploration type game where I'm collecting really things. Is. And it, it was just, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I like that charm. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, really and the areas like, uh... are, are, oh, I was just going to say, and the areas are gated too. So it's not like you can just be like, forget this. Yeah. And it's it's isometric, and you're collecting things. It almost reminded me of Snake Rattle and Roll, where you have oh, to get yeah. enough things to beat the level. Yeah, um, even the little which, flick, even the little flickies follow you around like the little bubbles. Yeah, and snake that's. Roll. I was like, wait, is there? Hmm, I kind of wonder if, if uh, John Burton actually played uh, that rare game before. I forgot this. about that. See, game. and I also get vibes from Marble Madness because I played so much of that. Yeah. I could I could imagine this game uh, being played with a trackball. Like I, I totally get that. <laughs> Which is weird because it's like they're like, hey guys, look at Sonic One. See all of those checkerboard patterns in Green Hill Zone and the like. Well, we're just gonna take that and mix it with like photorealistic for the time, rest of the graphics, and there's our art style. Yeah, and it's I, kinda I, crazy. And I wonder where Flickies came into play because I mean. To me, that was that was a popular game in my household. But like, was Flicky ever really that pop? I mean, maybe I'm. It just was popular. Facetious. I mean, at least uh, it's popular enough in the arcade to make Sega go, "Oh, we need to make a home port of this." And uh, I remember liking Flicky when I was a kid, but it definitely wasn't like a mascot game like Sonic. I almost yeah. feel like uh, Traveler's Tales. Maybe I don't know the, the story here, but it does seem like something where it's like, "Oh, hey, can we use?" one of your old properties and, and kind of tie the story together that way. Yeah, you know, um, I actually am glad that you guys brought that up because um, Traveler Tells, the director and programmer that worked on this game is John Burton. And he has two different YouTube channels that I think would be interest to listeners. Um, one of them is... Um, his main channel and the other is all about programming so the main one is called game hut and it can be found at youtube.com slash c slash game hut and um basic description he has written is game hut was created by john burton to share all things gaming after 29 years as director of travelers tales and tt games he thought it was time to share some behind the scenes look at game development this channel will include coding secrets unseen prototype footage in-house trailers that never saw the light of day concept art a look at games that were canceled and hopefully much more and the website for that is also gamehut.com and he's posted a lot of videos about Sonic 3D Blast to there 
and to his Coding Secrets YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash Coding Secrets, where he shares 30 years worth of secrets from the Mickey Mouse topple tower style stage on the Sega Genesis to Sonic 3D Blast and many more. And he documents a lot of what went into the programming on Sonic 3D Blast, or as it's known in Europe and Japan, Sonic 3D Flicky's Island. And in that, he describes how they made the full motion video on there and how they got the like everything to fit in the limited amount of memory on the Sega Genesis. And it's just not just educational, but fascinating to watch these videos. Yeah. And um, as far as Flicky itself goes, I think it's a really great game, both for arcade and Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis. Um, but like you guys, I didn't really play much of it back in the day because I first started playing it thanks to these compilations Sega started releasing. And I really enjoy the game. It's fun. It's challenging. But it's definitely just, you know, an arcade game. They, you're not going to spend a ton of time playing. Though if you get really good, there are hidden graphics that get shown to you if you're outstanding at achieving points in the game. And the graphics are different between the arcade and Sega Genesis game, which is all I'll say other than if you want to know, either check out the HardcoreGaming101.com book about this and other Sega games, their website, or a YouTube video, and you can find out what the secret graphics are. Back to you. Cool. It, it's like, like I, I would never be able to get enough of Flicky to do that, just kind of like I wasn't good enough at this game in a couple levels where it... Uh, said time taken to complete the stage and it actually said too long you guys get that yeah yeah <laughs> well it's, it kind of makes me think of like um the crazy secrets that would get put in in games back then like i think there was a, a golf game on sega genesis where it's like you would go out about 99 times and then you would unlock a secret fantasy zone <laughs> yeah. mini game like something like that it's just like what game was that that wasn't arnold palmer was it was that i you know, let me let me check the back of my drink here. Hey, if you get what you pay for, then how do you explain scams? Hmm, that's fair. Yeah, it is Arnold okay, Palmer. Okay, Sorry, I had, about, I had to Google that. <laughs> it's Arnold Palmer. Yep. Oh, there we go. I was trying to buy time, and, and there we are. Well, I, I don't. I, I'm like, I googled that. No shame. <laughs> Your Google foo is strong, young grasshopper. <laughs> That's why I always tell people at work, am I the only person that knows how to use Google? Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's mean. Send them links with that website. Let me Google that for you. <laughs> Perfect. My, my wife has a coffee mug. It says, why do I need Google when my husband's around? That's my favorite. Uh. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, boy. So, yeah, um... You were asking earlier, Sean, like how far did we get in this game? I got to what? Let me look here quick. I made it to the Volcano Valley Zone, so that was probably what Act Five or Stage Five. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't uh, remember making it that far. I think I I I tapped out at uh, ice at the ice level. Well, fellas, I'm glad you asked. The zones in this game are Green Grove, Rusty Ruin, Spring Stadium, Diamond Dust. Volcanic Valley, Gene Gadget, Panic Puppet, and The Final Fight, which, unlike the Kirby games, they don't actually spell like uh, a word with all of those initials, but still. I like how they went like all Marvel there, using like green GG, RR, SS. That is cool. 
Yeah, like like uh, I think the most annoying one to me was probably the Spring Stadium Zone because <laughs> I was uh, I just felt like I was bouncing everywhere and I died so much on that one. Like, and well, I, also you don't. Uh, it's not obvious which springs yeah. are going to spring you and which are just on the floor as plates. Yeah, and how many times did I go back down that stupid hill when I was trying to jump up the like the little oh, ramp? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> guys. I mean, we might be getting ahead of ourselves here but one of the things that i just didn't like about this game and never have is the really steep slopes and like how sonic will just like slowly go down backwards yeah. as he's trying to run up them and it's like guys this is sonic i have seen him run up buildings okay <laughs> a little sonic. slope Come on. <laughs> he can run up a little slope down. ain't gonna be enough yeah well okay so like the my biggest pet peeve in this game are like those like moving platforms oh, or yes. things where it's like there's an inch of space where you have to jump and then, you know, it's it's hard enough to jump in an isometric game. Um, honestly, isometric platformers were much more popular in the UK and in Europe. Um, and we didn't get a lot of them over here. And so to have to get used to jumping in that sort of space without a really, really good uh, shadow and a really good sense of, like, where you were actually going land was just kind of frustrating. Yeah, and dealing with the eight-directional analog pad or digital <laughs> pad in this, it's, it's not as precise as using yeah. analog. So that you know, that's another thing. I would I would say if you're playing the Sega Genesis version, or um, honestly, if you can play it with an arcade stick or the Mega Drive version, because it's it's a different experience, really. So you guys remember the um, the Sega Game Masters Hotline? I, never I was aware it. of this. Yeah, but I never. Yeah, I never, I never, never called one of those, but I, I am aware of it. Well, back in the day, I, I had to call the the Nintendo Power helpline quite a bit uh, because those games, so much was non-obvious. Like in <laughs> Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, it's like the translation just made it even more difficult. And so I right. call into those places a lot. Well, I found a copy of the Sega Game Master. Hotline um, guidebook that they gave to all of the people working at the call center, and so much like the Moby Games, I'm just going to do a quick read down of the cover page for everyone listening. All right, so the game for Sega Genesis and Sega Saturn, Sonic 3D Blast. We got a nice screenshot of the title screen. The genre is action platform. ESRB rating is K through A for kids through adults. Difficulty level is listed as easy to medium. Number of players is one player. Similar games are listed as Sonic series for the same characters and Landstalker for a similar point of view. To order Sega products, call 1-888-SEGA-SELLS. For customer service and technical support, call 1-800-USA-SEGA or our brand new Sega website at sega.com. For more information on this and other games produced by Sega, call the Game Masters at 1-900-200-SEGA 95 cents per minute recorded, $1.50 per minute live, must be 18 or have parental permission. Touch tone phone required, Sega of America, Canada, 1-900-451-5252, per minute for recorded or live. Next on QVC, ah. we will be selling. <laughs> the nostalgia. Did, do you guys agree with that difficulty level, though? Easy to medium? No. No. Um, I would say this is medium to hard where there it, it's not like a game that penalizes you all that much medium and you'll rack up a bunch of lives but 
actually progressing in the game can be very frustrating yeah. before you decide to turn the game off and come back to it later because there are just sections of the game where the platforming gets so difficult that you're going to keep retrying the same section over and over again. And it's one thing to lose rings, but then to, to lose these flickies that get scattered oh. everywhere. <laughs> Go and then and you have these enemies that you can't destroy... Uh, and pick up the flickies and you know run around and uh, Sonic's a little slippery uh, in this in this game, <laughs> so it can be frustrating. Yeah, and like the flickies are supposed to be sentient creatures like Sonic and his friends, but when they get scattered, they're like, oh, I'm just going everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah we're... And um, how about having to have lots of the flickies so you have the flicky trail and you got to have that to jump on the spring pads in order to get the sonic emblems that are up in the air i thought that was a unique concept um sometimes it would just frustrate me because i'm obviously in a section where i don't have all the flickies yet and you have to do a lot of backtracking to go back to that section of the level or hope you find a warp point uh, so that could be frustrating so I, I i get people's frustration there yeah, typically the stages in this game are segmented into three segments. And so while you can't segments? progress... Segments? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so you got to collect all the flickies to get the warp ring in the first segment to let you to the second, and so on to get from the second to the third. But you can go backwards, so the third to the second or the first, in case you missed any of those sonic head emblems that are floating over some areas. So if you get like five flickies later on and you missed it earlier, you can go back if you want to collect them. That is handy. Hey guys, um, you know, I know this is off topic and everything, but what is a six letter word that starts with an R? Well, there's rings. Well, that's, that's five. Rings with two S's. Rings. Oh, right. I, I liked how when you, you pause this game, it would switch P-A-U-S-E, pause, five letters, for R-I-N-G-S, five letters. But no, the six-letter word that starts with an R, it's pirate! Oh, there you go. <laughs> R. I get you. So, okay, like, I, I gotta ask something of the, the listeners that we've got here, because... I found a code for this game, Sonic 3D Blast Flicky's Island. It says that if at the um, the screen, the main screen, you type B A R A C U D A, the certain of these like R is for right, U is up, D is down, and the B A uh, those are the buttons A and B. But it spells out Barracuda. Supposedly, you can type that in at the main menu to get a level select screen. And I want to know if this and the other codes and secrets are really fact or bunk that's listed over on GameFAQs. So if any of you listeners go to GameFAQs, look at the page for Sonic 3D Blast and tell us at facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers or twitter.com slash gengems or genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com or gems at bitbrosnetwork.com if any of those codes and secrets worked for you or not. Because some of these sounded a little suspect. I will tell you one that does work that is confirmed that if you jostle your cart uh, while the game is inserted, uh, it will take you to the level select. 
So if you lift like the tip corner of the game, and that was to seriously, uh, I'm I'm dead serious. And and John <laughs> Burton right. did a video on it. Um, where yeah, I remember doing that as a kid, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and it was because it was something during uh, bug testing, and they're like, there's no way we're gonna get past whatever bug it was. And then that was, uh, you know, that that bug was still in there that would get triggered sometimes. So um, that allowed it to just be like, oh, this is more like a hidden thing, you know? <laughs> Actually, the the story behind that, it's on John Burton's YouTube channels I mentioned earlier. And what it was is back in the day, you had to get through quality control at Sega. And if you failed on anything, it could delay your project by a month or, or half a year or however long it took you. So what he did was not just if the cart gets jostled or glitched or it, one particular bug. No, if any bug or crash or any aberrant programming uh, behavior occurs, it has a catch. So a try fail statement. So anything at all that's a bug will send you to the level select screen. And that way he could trick out the quality assurance guys to make them think, oh no, you found the secret code. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, absolutely true. So Nick, what were you about to say? I was just couldn't believe the whole thing with the shaking the cart. <laughs> the the cart I've been playing the most uh, was actually this. Uh, I think our buddy Joseph Garrison is one of these. I don't know if you got one there, and it's the uh, what is it? The director's cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I didn't get one, but um, I have played it on my EverDrive. Yeah, so I, I played that quite a bit on on the TV, but then I I went back to the original version just for the sake of the show. But uh, you guys mentioned the. Uh, ice skating as, as i called it going through the levels <laughs> yes ice skating and then which you know it's funny yeah, I, I can I'll always i can always bring this back to like a sports game somehow but like nba live 95 was one of the very first uh basketball games to do the isometric view there's times on that game where i thought i was ice skating and going and playing the sonic game i had that same feeling so like i never thought the ice skating was that bad there's only a few times where i really got upset like some of the stages like had like a little a corner where you're supposed to be going like i couldn't get through it and i'm trying to time like those big chains and um almost like little flails are trying to get you like i, I died so much on that just or got hit so much on that because i like i would get stuck on the side of the of the plat or the uh the stage so things like that were annoying but i i, I thought the controlling was actually not that bad it even gets better when we play the director's cut or whatever but uh you know that i, I think that that kind of held some of the game back for, for me, but um, I don't think it was as bad as what some people on the internet think it is. I, I think people unfairly compared this game to Donkey Kong Country around that. Uh, I know I know, even we did, where it was just like, this. you, you were hoping Sega was doing the next big thing to you know shut Nintendo up. Um, and, you know, this game kind of wasn't it. Taken on its own merits, though, you know, I, I enjoy it, but when you try to compare it to, like, the quality level and the precision platforming um, of, like, Donkey Kong Country 2, um, I don't know that it could have it really held up at the time, you know? Yeah, you know, the thing about it is Sega often follows in Nintendo's footsteps, kind of like how Nintendo often tries to follow Apple, like, with the 
you know, Apple had the white and clear iPods and other things at the time, and then Nintendo had the white Wii, for example, right? So a lot of these games, a lot of these companies follow the leader. Um, and I think with this game, it didn't try to be the same as Donkey Kong Country Returns, but because of the graphical style, people compare it. And with this game, it's trying to do a lot that's different from that. So it's not a one-to-one, -one and people should just take it on its own merits. Right. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, Aaron, earlier you mentioned, uh, and this is something that I wanted to shine a spotlight on as well. So now you've probably recently been music and the Saturn slash PC music. And what did you think about the differences? Because the Saturn and PC use Redbook audio instead of chiptunes. Um, honestly, I have no problem with Redbook audio. Um, and I, I actually do like um, that composer, um, Richard Jacques, because um, he did like the Sonic R and some other cool Sega stuff. Yeah, I really uh, like liked his Shinobi music X. from the Sega games he's worked on. Yeah, um, I would say I just, I, I like those songs and my son really liked them on the Saturn version because he heard them for the first time playing the game. Um, but for me, the tunes in the, in the Sega Genesis version, regardless if it was a chip tune or Red Book audio or using real instruments or not, um, it's really about the quality and memorability of the compositions. And I personally feel, and this could be my opinion, but I feel the compositions themselves are more memorable and stronger overall on the Sega Genesis version. Yeah, I really liked both of them, to be honest. And I hope that when Nick edits this episode together, if he gets the chance or inclination, that he can include the music from this and the Saturn variant, because maybe people can listen and make their own minds up as it plays quietly in the background. I'm going to put both of them at the same time, like five-second difference. Right. It's going to be all, as all chaotic. as loud as possible. <laughs> and I want it to drown out our voices. <laughs> and the only thing you're going to hear is me screaming sega at the top Stop of my lungs over you know honestly speaking though i like it on youtube video reviews when like the uh, narrator of the v review will just let music play for like you know 20 seconds or so to let people hear it you know when they talk about the music of the game yeah, yeah I, I do like that I, I also like those videos where it's like okay um if and it really only works on because they'll do like game comparisons of the like the audio uh, and so they'll go like, okay, if you move over to the left channel, you'll hear this version. If you move over to the right channel, you hear this version. The problem with that, of course, is that they have they might have mixed it down to mono on both sides. Oh. So you're not really getting the, the true stereo effect. Or you, but, could okay. have, um, you could have my situation where I used to be like, oh, let me turn the dial on my speaker to left channel and right channel. And it took me a few years to realize, since I've had these speakers for 20 years, that, oh, right, this isn't controlling left channel and right channel. It's controlling treble and bass. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. <laughs> uh, I personally thought that the Green Grove Zone music, Diamond Dust Zone, Panic Puppet Zone, and the boss fights had the best music in this game as well as the tracks that were reused in other sonic games like sonic adventure and sonic r i thought those were the strongest tracks in this game 
Yeah, even the... Uh, I'm trying to remember which track it was, but there was one that was reused in Sonic the Dark Brotherhood. I, I will say that that soundtrack is terrible because uh, maybe some stuff I've mentioned on the show before, but uh, they did take a song from this game and put it in that game, and uh, it was one of my favorite songs, and now I can't remember exactly where it was. I personally like Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. I liked a lot of the changes they made based on their inspirations and sources, but at the same time, the game often does feel cheaply made and corners cut. And I didn't yeah. really like the art style and how it felt like they copied the the touchscreen controls from Elite Beat Agents into this game, kind of like the Assassin's Creed game on DS did the same thing. Yeah, where it just like you know, come on, Bioware, like you could have like gone all the way, but it was kind of like, oh well, this is our our budget release. Yeah, I mean, they got the money; they're all docked, right? <laughs> and oh, made MDK way, too. Um, it was great. <laughs> mentioning Richard Jock, did you guys know that he composed a little bit of the music in the Sonic Boom games for the Nintendo 3DS? That wouldn't shock me. Um, I know like that game's derided, at least on the Wii U, but I've heard the 3DS versions actually fairly decent. Yeah, the uh, the I, I think that the progression mechanic in the first 3DS game which is um, Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal. Um, it, it's got that thing. It's a lot like Sonic and the Secret Rings where you're expected to replay the same stages over and over again with different goals. And so it really bogs things down because you can't progress to the next island full of stages unless you get enough of the tokens that you're supposed to collect by achieving these goals. Was the Super Mario 64? Come on, guys. <laughs> oh... But uh, the follow-up, Fire and Ice, is the best Sonic Boom game of them all. And uh, it just got totally overshadowed by the bad reputation. So if, if anyone's going to play a Sonic Boom game, play Fire and Ice first. Especially because all of the characters are playable and not just four of them. Oh, and let's be honest. Uh, of the more modern era Sonic games, the or at least over the past 15-20 years, on average, the portable versions have been the better games. Or are they portable games in general? Yeah. But, uh, hey, bringing it back here to Sonic 3D Blast, um, you know, it, uh, for those that haven't played this game, if you want to get the Chaos Emeralds, you got to bring at least 50 rings to Sonic's friends, Tails and Knuckles, who are hidden in the stage just waiting for Sonic to show up. But, you know, with all of the yawning that Tails is doing, he sure seems like he's tired, bored, or unimpressed. I think we should see him save all the frickin' flickies. How about that? You know, that would be great. Or, like, just give him, you know, an airplane to fix uh, so he can fly around the stage and just pick everybody up. So I'll, I'll, yeah, well, I'll, you I'll, know, I'll share something kind of embarrassing about the tails and knuckles like when i first ran into him i'm like what are these guys doing i only had like 20 some rings i'm like that jerk just stole all my rings <laughs> i'm robbed yeah i'm like what that wasn't any good and then i found out later that you had to like you mentioned bring the 50 rings <laughs> well i mean at least give them something to do other than stand there like if tails was fixing his plane and maybe knuckles was punching a punching bag or a post or something <laughs> but 
you know, why are they just hanging around all these zones, hiding in secret areas instead of actively helping Sonic? Like, are they hoarding the Chaos Emeralds for themselves? They're only going to let Sonic to attempt to earn one in exchange to fulfill their greed for rings? Like, wouldn't they want to help their friend rescue the Flickies, defeat the evil doctor, and save the island? Uh, what's with this attitude, guys? I got, like, Sonic owes him money on, like, a bad <laughs> bet. They're betting on some sports. So, <laughs> like, where's my money? Shouldn't have gone to Kazin to the casinoopolis he goes on big hi <laughs> hey did you guys notice that the speed shoes power up works differently in this game than other sonic games there are a lot of like little differences because this is a game that plays so much differently like the fact that you also that you know in the other sonic games all three of your buttons would just make you yeah now you got a dedicated dedicated spin dash button Exactly. Because, well, I guess it makes sense. You can't exactly press down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because down is like, you know, yeah. the whole thing is isometric. So down is kind of like moving diagonal up, yeah. down, left, right. Any of those are diagonal, whereas the diagonals are moving straight. Yep. I'm kind of glad, though, that because this is an isometric game, I don't. I remember a few games giving this option, like, uh, I remember playing Qbert, where it's like, oh, do you want it to control this way, or do you want it to control this way? Um, where, like, you could move, um, you know, you could have the D-pad pointing upper left or upper right, and this game, I'm kind of glad that Sonic can just go wherever he wants, because that, that could get a little frustrating if you ever played, like, Landstalker. And it was like, no, you kind of got these cardinal directions right here, and that's about all you can do. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of options in this game. Like, I think all you had was switching between stereo and monaural sound and changing whether A, B, and C were one way or the other way yeah. for the buttons. Uh, sorry, Nick, you had something you were trying to say. No, oh, no, that's good. I, I was just mentioning the spin dash. No, we're good. Oh, right. Well, I got to be honest, guys. I did not play this game for this review. That's okay. I played Sonic 3D Blast Flicky's Island DX Director's Cut. <laughs> because <laughs> That's after, okay playing, after playing the PC game so much in the day, yet I, I forget so much about it. I, I can't even remember if you can save in the Saturn or PC games. But you can, but you can't save in the Sega Genesis version. Right. Well, now you can. Uh, right. With with the director's cut, there's lots of changes that were introduced, including co-generation. So if you don't want to use save states, you can write down the codes and then type them in to resume where you left off. And so it's... That is a really cool... I, I thought it was just so cool. Like, his hack... Uh, really brought in a lot of features that hadn't been seen in the hacking community. And it makes sense because, like, he was at the forefront of what the Sega Genesis could do. And I think Traver Traveler's Tales pushed the system's limits more than just about any developer on the system, if not every other developer, without, you know, maybe mentioning, like, Treasure. So, like, if anybody could make a really cool, really expansive ROM hack, it, it would be John Burton, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why it's called the Director's Cut. He was the director. Um, by the way, is like one of you clicking some plastic or chewing on some carrots or something? Uh, I hear something. Well, if you've been listening to Genesis Gems long enough, you'll know that it, 
least one host at any given time <laughs> is, playing the game. is either chewing gum really loudly or playing the game yep. or doing both at the same time. Well, uh, getting getting away from that, um, <laughs> a, a, I, you know what? I know. Get things back on track with the joke that's very unseasonal, unless you listen to this in December. Say, Nick and Aaron, what do goats say for Christmas? I'm going to pretend like I don't know. No, I don't know. I actually don't know. Go oh, ahead. Like, I don't know. Oh, that's a good guess. <laughs> but I was going to say seasons bleatings. Oh, I got it. <laughs> and remember, heart, kids, you can't spell school without SOL. I see what he did there. Okay, but no, what I was going to say about the speed shoes, normally in a Sonic game, you pick up this power-up, and it makes you run twice as fast. Well, in this game, it does that too, but they're kind of pointless in this isometric perspective and with things being gated where you need the flickies to get through the warp ring, which, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, you can bring them one at a time, multiples at a time, or all at a time. You don't have to bring them over in a certain number at once. But the speed shoes not only make you speedy, they make you semi-invincible, where you can still get hit and you'll still get knocked back, but you won't drop any power rings when it happens so that's kind of interesting that they should make that change i guess maybe to compensate for the perspective in the game yeah that's fair i, I could see there being a certain level of forgiveness um just because of the general difficulty of navigating in that 3d space for the first time or in a more you know wide open space than on a 2D plane. I can see them having to come up with new ways to use the powers that he has. Just like, you know, you look at like the way the uh, the fire shield works is different. Um, it doesn't do like a... And, and maybe I don't understand why it doesn't do this, but it, it definitely behaves differently than in Sonic 3. Yeah, it doesn't give you an extra power, but it does provide invincibility towards fire attacks, which is very important. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of such things as is, uh, I guess I should explain about this director's cut hack real quick. Um, it's a patch you can download online, uh, which you can apply to a specific copy of the original game which I believe the director intentionally chose the Steam version of this ROM as a way of encouraging people to buy the game and so once you apply that you can play it on an emulator or you can play it on a real Sega Genesis using something like an EverDrive um, you know any sort of flash cart device and so I played this game on PC and when I did that uh, I actually started out with a PlayStation 2 controller with a USB adapter that I used, actually, funny enough, to play Dance Dance Revolution games on my PC and similar dancing games. But after a while, I was like, you know what? No. For any other game, that's fine. But daggummit, I'm getting my Sega Genesis Mini USB controller, and I'm playing the game the rest of the way using this. And that's how I played through the majority of this game. Nice. I had to do things right. <laughs> <laughs> the way it was meant to be. So um, I need your guys' expertise to help me with this next one. 
See, because as I said, I was playing the director's cut, so I was wondering in the regular one um, if it worked like this. See, in the director's cut, at least, if uh, it's got this feature where flickies are almost like power rings. So, right, you know how if Sonic has at least one ring, he, he won't die if he gets attacked. Well, if he has at least one ring and at least one flicky in director's cut and he gets attacked instead of all the flickies scattering around the area the rings and only one flicky get scattered the others just keep following sonic is that how it was for you no yeah. when you get hit all of the flickies scatter about along with all of your rings they gone okay well how about this in the director's cut if sonic has at least one flicky but he has no rings instead of dying when he gets attacked all of the flickies get scattered and Sonic survives. That I can't confirm because I I don't remember. Oh, I don't know that I've encountered that recently anyway in my recent playthrough. But I, I know what you're saying. If, if you have no rings and you have one flicky, I just don't know. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I don't I don't remember that. I, I feel like I'll, anytime I didn't have any rings i didn't have any flickies either so. well nick you were mentioning this part earlier what happens if you take more than 10 minutes or 9 59 59 for your time in a level do you die off in this game i just said too long when i beat the stage i, I didn't oh okay oh, okay so i i can confirm now because uh i don't know if you can hear this the power but um <laughs> are you playing no i don't know if you can hear the plastic of the buttons. The chewing gum plastic. Uh, no, uh, so yeah, I, I just tested it out, and yeah, it's it's a new thing that he added just for the director's cut, because if, if you try to run into an enemy with just a flicky, you're going bye-bye. You're dead. Okay, well, how about we talk about the special stages, guys? Yeah, that sounds great. Um, they are pretty much like the Sonic 2 special stages, but without the loops, if we're talking about the Genesis version. Yeah, what uh, what did you uh, think of these stages? Were they difficult, easy? They're fairly easy compared to the Sonic 2 stages, to be honest, but they look really, really cool for the hardware. They're using some pretty impressive tricks to cycle the backgrounds independently of the, uh, the graphics in the middle, the kind of bridge thing that you're running on. Um, and there's kind of a momentum thing too that was interesting where you'll run into a wall and it slows sonic down um, but i found it to be easier to jump over the the bombs than in sonic 2 uh, and to judge the distance between when you have to jump and when you have to like you know hug a corner to grab rings the right way in this one um you really didn't have to deal with those concerns and is, isn't this where like some of the different versions have different stages like yes. your saturn yes. version is different than your genesis version and so forth saturn yeah. Version, yeah yeah so nick right. um when we get around to um saying what we rank this game and our, our thoughts about the quality at the end uh, are you going to read the awards that were given by magazines back in the day or is it okay if i say that part right you can, now you can, you can do that because i usually only have one little headline but feel free Oh, all right, because this ties into the special stages, too. Uh, I got all this trivia from Moby Games from users by the names of Axel Stone and Louis Silva. So props to them and, and props for the Axel Stone reference there. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, Flicky, like uh, we mentioned earlier, is from Arcade and Genesis games by the same name, but unlike the original where it was a bluebird rescuing yellow chicks from cats, uh, which is the arcade slash Genesis game, that style of bird is in this game too, but there's actually several other ones like a fat green bird, a cool red bird, uh, a pink bird that has like feminine features, uh, several different ones actually. Um, okay, here's some trivia about Sonic Extreme, like uh, we were having mentioned earlier by Aaron. This game was set, Sonic 3D Blast, was set to be a safety net for the Saturn in case of Sonic Extreme failing to pass production. And since it did, Sonic 3D was the only platformer appearance of the Blue Hedgehog in Sega's 32-bit console, if you don't count Sonic Jam in the 3D area or Sonic R. Because technically, there was platforming and 3D in both, but I guess whoever submitted this wasn't counting it like that. Well, and also, don't forget uh, Christmas Nights. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, where you can play as Sonic. That's it's really neat, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, this game also got awards from EGM, or Electronic Gaming Monthly, for March 1997, issue number 92. It was the Genesis Game of the Year runner-up, and it was awarded Genesis Game of the Year in the Reader's Choice vote. Um, and with the special stages just to illuminate the differences. Uh, the special stages are different between Mega Drive, PC, and Saturn. In the Genesis slash Mega Drive, you travel across a bridge collecting rings while avoiding spike balls. In the PC variant, you move along a half pipe, again collecting rings and avoiding spikes. In the Saturn variant, you travel across a polygonal tube, which kind of makes it sound like Knuckles Chaotix, well, the tube has spike balls, speed boosters, a whirling tube, springs, bottomless pits, and rings. So, sounds a little more complex. Yeah, it does have a little more going for it, uh, which I, I think the Saturn version, personally, I, I've probably spent the most time on those bonus stages, so I enjoy those the most. But I, I think, as a technical feat, uh, I, I think the special stages are pre pretty cool on the Sega Genesis. How much does Sonic, yeah, Sonic versions? Oh, go ahead. I'm on, I wonder how much those Saturn versions cost. I haven't actually seen that. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're gonna be the, one of the priciest ways to play this game. Um, yeah, the special stages in this are a lot less difficult, I think, on average than your typical Sonic game. You can't fall off the sides of the suspended bridges in the Genesis one. You can take a break at the base of the risers in the bridges if you just let Sonic, like, face plant and just kind of run in place right next to the risers. I mean, you can pause it, too. I thought the game would hide the rings and other obstacles if you paused it. But you can even pause it, and it'll let you just stare at what's ahead to plan out your moves. And uh, but you can also just there's no timer in the special stages, so you can just let it run while Sonic's at the bottom of one of those risers. And the ring requirements were really forgiving, I thought. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I have to I have to play it a little bit more just so I can do a more direct comparison. Um, but yeah, there there are bits of differences between these different versions so it kind of warrants a playthrough of, of each one just to see what's different you know music and, and gameplay wise one of the differences that john burton made with his director's cut is in the original you could carbo load your chaos emeralds <laughs> at the beginning instead like 
you know how in Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles, if you use the stage select or um, you don't even need the stage select, really. If you go to the first stage, get to the warp ring, go to the special stage, earn a Chaos Emerald, you can then soft reset the Sega Genesis by pushing the reboot button, the white button on the front of the Genesis, and then you can just go back to the level select or the first stage and it will be the second stage the second special stage and you can just get all the chaos emeralds there right at the beginning of the game so it really takes down the difficulty of seeing the final true boss and getting the real ending um but with the director's cut he didn't want people to do that either through this method or just like find knuckles and tails every time every stage 50 rings and like get all seven chaos emeralds there in the first zone or two no in the director's cut you can only get one chaos emerald per zone and that's it um and in the original version of this game if you were to play the special stages after you had all the chaos emeralds and you completed the stage, you want to get any prize at the end. So for the director's cut, he's like, okay, you can only have one Chaos Emerald per zone, but I'll play nice. If you play through the special stages again, you'll get a, uh, I think it's a one-up. So that that at least made it so you didn't get, you know, oh, congratulations, go away. <laughs> uh, so I thought that that was cool, but oh my gosh, by making you play one zone, per or one emerald per zone on the special stages you have to wait until you get all the way to the freaking toughest stages uh and like when you get to panic puppet which is the like last normal zone oh my gosh that special stage is flying by so fast i had to replay that stage a lot of times which is actually how i discovered that okay um if anyone cares about spoilers, this isn't a major spoiler, but... Sonic uh, dies? <laughs> well, actually, depending on how well you play. Um, no, no. There's a giant statue of Robotnik in one of the last stages, and I figured out that you can break his belly open. Oh. Yeah, it, it's a statue, though. It's not gross. Uh, if you spin dash, you can't just roll into it. You gotta do a spin dash. You'll break it open find a secret passageway and that's how you actually find your way to tails it's the only way to get to tails to get to that special stage in that particular uh act that is you know what i never got that far so i never got to see that but that's yeah i think the only way i ever got to the last stage in this game was uh doing level select uh but yeah i definitely have to try that yeah the director's cut actually gives you a percentage complete and it's oh, yeah. not just how many acts and zones and chaos emeralds you've got. He actually added a time attack to each stage, as well as a uh, percentage for getting all of the Sonic emblem heads floating over springs and whatnot in the stages. And so it's actually quite the challenge to get 100% in them, because one of the things he did is you can collect all the emblem heads, but the time attack has to be done in order. So you can't be like, oh, this is too difficult. I'm going to play the next act or the next zone and go through those time attacks. No, you got to do them all in order. And man, like you might complete them, but you'll only have a second or two left if you manage. And it was so difficult. I eventually gave up on the time attacks, like in the second or third zone, because it was like, you know, what? I want to see the special picture that you unlock or whatever it is. You get a special thing when you get 100 percent. 
but it was way too difficult. I'm like, you know what? I don't need a hundred percent. Uh, but he added Supersonic. You get all the Chaos Emeralds in the normal version. You don't get Supersonic. But in uh, the director's cut, yeah, you can uh, go Supersonic and he'll run twice as fast and be invincible. And unlike most Sonic games where it annoys you to heck and back with the same music playing over and over when you're Supersonic, it'll actually just play through the Supersonic music once and then go to the regular music so you don't go crazy. <laughs> that is handy. Yeah, yeah that's a cool feature. The, the game required extra hacking, though, because the color palette changes when Sonic goes supersonic. He turns to that golden yellow, and some of the stuff worked just fine, like the flickies going super with him. But then when you had the water turn yellow, he didn't like that. So he had to find room in the palette and the programming with the memory. And so props out to this guy for remembering all this all these years later. Yeah, it sounds like he had to... Uh go bust out his old old tools so he could uh, you know check out his old source code so it's it's really crazy it's really cool because usually ROM hacks are hobbyists um, looking at games from the outside they're they're taking them apart with a hex editor because uh, I've done it myself so I know exactly how that goes if a tool isn't built you're literally picking at the game with a hex editor trying to figure out uh, you know what poking at certain values actually changes so were you really doing that to, uh, because you wanted to add dying cat sounds to the sega genesis games or no i kind of wanted to replace the dying cat sounds uh from turrican um with the less uh the more alive cat sounds of mega turrican um which you know i, now, I got well, only wait. so far before uh, i gave up so, all jokes aside, though, um, were Mega Turrican and Turrican both on the Genesis, or was one Amiga, or what? Um, so, there are actually three Turrican games on the Sega Genesis. There's Turrican, which is a port of the first Amiga, Amiga game, and then there's Universal Soldier, which is a quasi-port of Turrican 2, and then Mega Turrican is its own deal. It's pretty much the third Turrican game um, that was completed first, but then um, I believe released on Amiga first as Turrican 3. So, so you were hex-editing the games, or you were just dabbling to see how difficult it would be? Uh, no, I was hex-editing the first Turrican game and finding the instrument values and then going into uh, my music editor and then um, trying to build a better instrument uh, and, or, you know, rip the instruments out of Mega Turrican, get them uh, inside of Turrican. The problem was just the <laughs> long story short. The problem was the, the way that the, the game was built was completely different. Um, and so <sighs> Mega Turrican uses samples and the first game doesn't uh, in the same way. And were so, they different programmers, different studios? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the uh, the programmers for Megaturkin were actually Rain Rainbow, uh, not Rainbow Arts, but uh, Factor Five, who uh, just made all of the the best ports of Turrican um, and like the Super Nintendo games. So like they knew what they were doing on whatever console or computer they were on. The the, the guys who made Turrican for the Sega Genesis, which we've talked about before on this show, uh, Code Monkeys, 
not such a great job on the music. Um, gameplay mostly there, but they kind of botched some stuff. So that's that's uh, the long story short on the the Turrican stuff. <laughs> so did you guys know the the real Turrican guys are still doing uh, Turrican things these days? Uh, yeah, I, I picked up the Turrican collection on Switch, Switch, and there's like, I don't know how involved. Uh, I mean, Man for Trends, who wrote the original games, I don't know how involved he is. Maybe as a special thanks. But uh, whoever owns the rights now are definitely uh, putting out some cool Turk and things. Yeah, I had heard about that on the Retro Hour, and so I thought I might make a mention since you were already talking Turrican. <laughs> yes, sir. So it sounds like uh, you tried your best, and so I, nonetheless, even if it was too difficult because of the radically different programming, sir, I award you the Snail Dit Award. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, with this director's cut, um, I think that this was a change that was made from the original. When the flickies get scattered and lost and they're off screen, it'll actually tell you where to go by showing an icon and an arrow along the edge to let you know which way to go instead of being like well there's somewhere yeah that's super helpful because i felt like in the original version i spent more time looking for the ones i lost than actually finding the ones that are inside robots not a joke but seriously speaking if I could make a change to this game, whether it's the original or the director's cut, I would have liked to have added a homing attack like Sonic Adventure. That would have really helped with the 3D attacks, especially with those puffer fish enemies where you have to get them while they're deflated or you get the spikes. Yeah, and those, yeah I would agree with that. And those bees that have those weird movements too. That's Not the bees. Yeah, there's caterkillers in this game, and I would just hang out at the exit hole because there's like they just do a loop, kind of like a rainbow shape. So I'd be like, I'll just spin dash over the exit for the the first one, and they would just like, there you go. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, I wish there was a homing attack because it would really make a big difference at certain sections. And oh my gosh, I was playing through the volcanic valley. The flickies got scattered because, like, the fire shield is an essential in Volcanic Valley because there's fire attacks from, like, there's this, like, jump rope fire bar that you got to get over. There's lava everywhere. There's things on the side that shoot fire out in puffs of, like, a flamethrower when you approach. So you want to have the fire shield. I ended up losing it at one point. Flickies went everywhere, and one of those dang flickies was over a river of lava in the corner and it was so far off i just had to be like okay forget this there's a fire shield way back there i'm just gonna backtrack get that and i'll be back see you in a few (laughs) so yeah um so what would you guys think of those shields they got in this game because we already mentioned the fire shield but there's also the gold shield uh, I don't remember if I got the gold shield, to be honest. I remember getting the fire shield a whole bunch. What what stage does the gold shield show up on? Uh, it's in the earlier zones. I must have completely missed it then. Because I, like I said, I made it to the, what was it? Zone or I five. spaced and I was like, oh, this looks enough like a fire shield. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I, it's going. This that's like probably what happened. Shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was playing this game using the emulator Mednafin which allows you to run not just Genesis, but Neo Geo Pocket Color, Game Gear, 
Sega Master System, Saturn, Virtual Boy, Wonderswan, Wonderswan, and more, which was really cool because you could save state, um, uh, but, and I didn't use this feature, because, like, I got this thing where I'll use save states at the beginning of a stage, but I don't like using them during a stage, but you could actually do state rewinding to rewind your game for, like, I don't know, 5, 10 seconds, and it even lets you play online through the internet or a local area network if you want to play classic 16-bit or 8-bit games over the internet. So maybe that's something you guys might do in the future. Um, it might happen. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, um, yeah, hey, okay, so did you guys get to the um, Diamond Dust Zone, which is the ice zone with possibly the best music in the game? I did. Yeah, I and I agree that music is fantastic. Did you know you can destroy the ice spikes? Um, you know, I don't recall that. Yeah, I thought they were just normal spikes. And then I let the game go into demo mode because it demos through a couple of different stages. And sure enough, on the Diamond Dust Zone, you can spin dash through the side of the spikes to destroy them. I'm like, oh, I have never known this for 20 years. <laughs> if I had known this, well, 25. My life is a lie. Back in like 96 and later after this game was released, I did not know this for 25 years. And if I did, it would have made that zone so much easier instead of jumping over those spikes every single time. I don't remember using the spin dash very much. I'll be honest. There's a few times I used it, but it was just kind of secondary. Yeah. That gold shield that I mentioned, um, it protects you like the regular shield, but you can press the spin dash button i think it is in the air or maybe you press jump again in the air either way while you're in the air you press either a or b and sonic will actually drop straight down with a drop attack and it's yeah. super unobvious like unless you talk to the hint line or you freaking read a fact or the manual or something i don't think a person normally playing this game is going to realize that except by like accident or experimenting and be like what did i just do why did sonic pound the ground like he was uh, dropping dead like he was yoshi or something <laughs> yeah or mickey mouse in castle of illusion just saying but, uh, yeah, I guess they added the, the gold shield drop straight down attack for those enemies where, like, you know, up oh, you're partway through your arc, no longer. Straight down, enemy defeated. But it didn't seem super useful to me, and apparently you guys didn't even use it. So nope. I'm thinking it wasn't the, the, the most um, long-lasting long power. <laughs> you're right. Uh, before we wrap this up, I think we should just spend a minute real quick talking about bosses. Um, which yeah. just yeah let's let's just talk briefly about it uh just i know we gotta get going here um but yeah i thought i thought the bosses were pretty inventive i like the stages you know and it, 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 those did kind of play out like uh the other sonic games but you know you'd have these environmental pieces typically that, that you'd have to you know sometimes it would be like a platform that would raise that would let you jump up and hit a version of robotnik uh or it'd be a hand or you know, whatever it would be. But what I thought it was fairly, fairly unique and, and challenging. I thought it was clever. I thought it was a little bit more clever than some of the other Sonic 2D games, honestly. Because, you know, a lot of those are just, here's a platform, jump on him. But I, I don't know, like even, I think it was like the first zone where um, he would, those little uh, 
um, metal balls would come at you, and you'd have to almost wait for him to kind of descend before you could jump on him. That was kind of clever, I thought. I think it was, what, the second zone where you mentioned the hands coming down. You had to make sure you jumped on the right hand so yeah, travel up to him before you jumped on him. There's some cool stuff. Yeah, there. it was really difficult to go and hit the vulnerable place, which is the glass on the boss yeah, fight. Yeah. Because sometimes you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to. And then you don't because either you hit the side, lose all your rings, or you you think you're going to hit them. But because of the perspective, you're actually like hitting off to the side or you just fly right behind them. So it's a little tough judging your your attacks against Robotnik yeah. slash Eggman. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I thought that all in all, the boss fights were really good. Um, and and the, because it, perhaps it was the perspective, but they definitely were more challenging than normal. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Cool. Did, um, uh, so how, uh, what was the zone you got to, Aaron? The furthest uh, in any of these? It was the ice it was uh diamond ice, dust uh, yeah i call it the ice cap zone but that's sonic 3 yeah it would be the, <laughs> it would and, be the diamond uh, dust zone and you nick how far did you get nick i made it to the volcano volcanic valley yeah so um since you guys didn't get far enough i was just gonna say panic puppet changes things um when you get to that zone you don't rescue the flickies from robots anymore um, they're actually trapped in glass tubes waiting to be roboticized. And the enemies in those stages are either invincible things like turrets that start firing like crazy when you get nearby, or they're robots that are just purely robotic with no animals or plants or anything else inside. So you can just like forget about all of those um, uh, enemies if you want. If you're good at dodging, you can just go after the flickies and rescue them from the glass tubes. That is super handy. And for anybody that ever wanted to play this game without worrying about flickies at all, if you play the time attack in the director's cut, no flickies to collect. You just go through the rings, you go through the areas, nothing is gated, just fly for the exit. And so it kind of lets you see what this game would have been like if they had gone that way instead. If, if they wanted you to beat the game in like 20 minutes, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, it'll still take you a while, but yeah, you'd get through the game a lot faster. No more yeah. too long messages, yep. Alright, well, uh, does that mean we're almost ready for retrofitted achievements? Because if so, I got two jokes before we do. Yeah, let's, let's. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's intro retrofitted achievements right now, and we'll just get right to your joke. So, hey guys, awesome. here's retrofitted achievements. The Channel for Stands, retrofitted achievements. All right. Retrofitted jokes. All right. So let's retrofit. What is a stupid pig called? A oh. boron. <laughs> okay. How, how, why do so many murderous beavers end up in prison? They always get convicted by damning evidence. <laughs> there it is. Oh, snap. A joke only my kids could love. All right, a bonus joke. What do you call a gigantic giraffe? A giraffe. We didn't have to give Tails 50 rings for that joke, did we? Oh, 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 topical. So, uh, topical. Yeah, I only have two retrofitted achievements. And uh, my first one was one ring to rule them all. 
And that was to actually have all flickies at one time before you go to the ring, which didn't happen very often for me. <laughs> and then I'll. What get... about you, Aaron? Uh, I I did have one, uh, which was. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the level. Uh, <laughs> let me let me go to the zones real quick, and I'll tell you exact exactly which one I'm thinking of. You want to um, buy you a little time? No, it's good. Um, it's the, it's the one with the, the red and white color palette and like the blue floor. Um, <laughs> do you know which one I'm talking about? Cause it's like the, it's like the third area after, uh, spring stadium. Yeah, it's there you go. Easy. So it's like, once you get to spring stadium, uh, that's when I feel like the game kind of tur- it takes a turn into McDonald's land. <laughs> so, um, yeah. my, retrofitted uh trophy achievement you know whichever show you're listening to um would be <laughs> i'm loving it mcdonald's so there is you go. that is the achievement get to spring stadium uh i would say yeah because you know suddenly you know you're feeling the ronald mcdonald energy pretty hard it's like, i'm oh, loving it i'm loving it exactly say nick i was wondering why don't you, uh, when you ask for feedback, well, you should ask for retrofitted achievements. Maybe we could throw in some listener ones some episode, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, it could happen one day. You know, so, I mean, it's not like you guys are needing padding, I guess, for some of these long episodes. But <laughs> no, just we got plenty on this one. <laughs> Listeners are creative. Okay, well, uh, yeah, here's my first retrofitted achievement. It's called Depth Perception. Get hit by misjudging a jump at a bad neck. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's true. You guys got another one? Yeah, that was kind of like my next one. I just called it Free Falling because like the Tom Petty song. But uh, there was that one time where I probably fell off the platform 30 times. And uh, yeah, Free Falling. That's a bad achievement. Um, you know, I didn't have a really good name for this, but I kind of love the unique spinning animation for this game that Sonic has. And... Oh, from just, the little floor fans? Yeah, the floor fans. So it kind of made me think uh, of like a top that, that was spinning around. So I called it Top Spin. And that's just activating one of those floor fans and spinning around. And, uh, uh, you know, in this game, it's really evident that Sonic does kind of have like pinball physics. Because, you know, you, you knock against walls and he bounces back. And that's also super evident when you're <laughs> when you're spinning around as a top uh, yeah, doing that toe spin is the only way to defeat the pillars in that uh, rusty ruin zone, I think it is. Right. Uh, yeah, so here's uh, here's my next retrofitted achievement. It's called Hang 10, which is where Sonic swings around a dimensional ring. Nice. I like it. I don't have any more. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I, I wasn't I, sure I there. Out, I topped out at, at two this time. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, then I'll uh, I'll quickly go through the ones that I have. Armor all. Collect five flickies plus a shield, either the regular or the golden shield, so that Sonic and the flickies are all decked out in armor. Uh, Skydiver. Hover in the air over the fan stairs. T2 is get all of the Chaos Emeralds exclusively from Tails' special stages. <laughs> I don't think you can do that in the director's cut, though. Uh, golden Barrier, 
use the blast attack, which is where Sonic goes straight down with his attack. Feature of the golden shield to destroy a badnik. Everything is canon. That's a Sonic Twitter reference. Uh, catapult Sonic through the air via one of the cannons in the game. Nice. Treasure Hunter. Get all of the Chaos Emeralds exclusively from Knuckles' special stages. Oh, no love for Tails. Eh, he was earlier. Um, like Sonic 1, yet in 3D. Smash through a cracked section in a wall to find a hidden area. Next up, uh, let's see if you guys get this reference. Burning Blaze. Use a fire shield to survive a flaming attack. My girl from Streets of Rage, right? No, no. In this case, Burning Blaze refers to Blaze the Cat because when she's in her super form, it's called Burning Blaze. Come on, Nick. You should have known that. Aren't you a supersonic fan? Come on. I'm a Streets of Rage. Look at it this way. There's two different characters named Blaze. There's two different characters named Maria from Soccer Wars and Sonic. Sega often has double names like Clarice from Nights into Dreams and Clarice from Soccer Wars. So, you know. Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. It all connects. Wait, wait. Sega made that? Yeah. Wait, we weren't watching the same movie? (laughs) Dying. (laughs) All right. uh, Facing Mortality. Collect 10 Sonic medals to earn a continue. Not the Rock of Gibraltar. Break through a freestanding stone to get to a secret area. STK. Get all of the Chaos Emeralds as Sonic from both Tails and Knuckles' special stages. Going for a spin. Twirl like a tornado using one of the toe spin discs at Rusty Ruin Zone. The Fall of Ancient Greece. Destroy a pillar using the toe spin disc attack. A crushing defeat. After spinning a roller platform into the air in the Volcanic Valley Zone, which is like from Sonic 3 and Knuckles, those platforms, get crushed underneath the platform as it descends upon your head. Get crushed. Oh, I, Watch oh that's, that is so awful because you can fall underneath and get crushed so easily. Uh, immortality. Collect all of the Sonic medals in every act of every zone. This one I thought was particularly funny. Flaming Hot Chicken Wings. <laughs> Rescue one of the fire flickies in Volcanic Valley Zone. Uh, Sonic music reference here. I'm the king of the rings. Take dozens of power rings to either Tails or Knuckles while carrying a total of fewer than 50 rings and lose them all via your frenemy, taking them without letting you go to any of the special stages, even if you brought him more rings later to make up the difference. That's harsh, dude. Seriously, Tails, Knuckles, what the heck? Uh, last, last few. Friendly rival. After giving Knuckles all of your rings, die from the first hazard you encounter because you are now carrying no rings at all. Uh, not so special now. <laughs> Return to Tails or Knuckles after completing the special stage for the current actor zone. Then give him 50 or more rings to get nothing in return except this achievement. Last two. I'm the captain now. I, I think we all know what I'm saying here. Uh, collect all of the Chaos Emeralds in the Director's Cut and go supersonic. And finally, Uba Ales. That's a You Don't Know Jack Volume 3 reference. Get 100% completion in Sonic 3D, Flicky's Island, Director's Cut, DX. Z end. Nice. Whew. <laughs> 
I mean, I would have to take a drink of something after that. <laughs> I don't know if a gum would quite do it. Yeah, I don't even have the gum at this point. Soda pop. A whole Soda pot of chili pop. sauce. Soda popinski. Soda popinski. All right, guys. Let's <laughs> All ask... right, that's a good, good, good time. Yeah. That's right. Let's let's just ask this big question: Is this game a gym? Is this game of Genesis Gym? Is it good or is it garbage? And uh, you know, we asked the listeners that. You can answer that question along with us at facebook.com/group/bitbrothers. And let's see what the listeners had to say. We posted this quite a while back, so we do apologize. So some of this may be a little bit of a history, but we did have some feedback here. Uh, first one comes from Adrian Smith, and Adrian says that artwork though. John, who actually joined us from the last episode of Alicia Dragon, says, I remember playing it back in the day. It was okay. We preferred the side-scrollers like two, third before, or two and three before this one. Nothing can beat Sonic Adventure 1, though, for me. Uh, Adam Joel says, good. It's probably a better flicky game than a Sonic game. I thought the pre-rendered intro was pretty impressive at the time it came out. Uh, Christopher Kellogg says, definitely good. A nice change. Pretty cool. Uh, it's a pretty cool take, but not the best Sonic. I still like to play this from time to time. Uh, Trevor Franklin said, I had this on Saturn, never played on Genesis, and we played it a lot. In hindsight, that's because it was the Sonic game on Saturn, and we couldn't afford a ton of games. I think then I knew it was kind of mediocre, but I wouldn't ever admit it. Garbage is harsh, so I'd say barely good. Michael, I Kill- think he deserves to buy himself a copy of Fighters Mega Mix for the Saturn now. <laughs> Play as Sonic and Tails. <laughs> Michael Kelso says, Sonic 3D and Blast, is that an oxymoron? That's funny. Uh, Nick DeMarco says, a gem of a good garbage bin. Okay, Nick. Thanks, man. Uh, Daniel Walker says, in hindsight, this is a this is great proof of concept for later 3D games, but it just doesn't hold up. I feel bad about this because it's a Sonic game, but I have to say this is in the upper levels of garbage. Oh, well. Uh, Jesse, clever. Is that a compliment? I don't know. There's some pretty bad garbage you know? on my list. Jesse Clevis. Yeah, it's, it's a Marmite game. It's a love it or hate it. <laughs> uh, Jesse Clevis says, Mama said if I don't have anything good to say, then don't say anything at all. Wow. And then uh, Did he then compliment the game because it's excellent? <laughs> nope. No? Oh. <laughs> I think Jesse leans on the uh, on the two dudes' side, so we'll, we'll, we'll forgive yeah. him this time. He's a good guy. We'll, we'll forgive him. And, uh, we'll only forgive him twice. <laughs> Sean Lane uh, wraps it up here and says, uh, Nothing more than just good, even though I have a soft spot for this game after spending a lot of time with it. I was so excited when I got it for either my birthday or Christmas in 96, since it seemed like it was going to be a great Final Sonic game for the Genesis. I was initially pretty disappointed, especially because it was a way different pace than Sonic and Knuckles and required a different kind of exploration than the games before. But then I learned to love it, as sometimes happens when you are young and don't have a lot of other games to play. You know, that's a good point. It almost has a pace similar to Sonic Labyrinth for the Game Gear, where Sonic loses his speed due to what Robotnik does. <laughs> and did you guys uh, ever play Sega Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, I've, uh, s- I've seen screenshots, but I haven't actually played I, it. I got to play it in the arcade, and it is the only other isometric Sonic game uh, uh-huh. like these ones. And it's pretty interesting. You actually do play that one with a trackball. Uh, did you play it with the trackball, or was it running like a thousand games on one machine? No, no, this was a legit, uh, they had a legit ROM of it with uh, three trackballs at a Galloping Ghost Arcade. You guys ever get your hands pinched by those arcade 
trackballs getting on like the edge between the trackball and the wooden cabinet. It really used to pinch my hands when I was a kid. Oh man, you know, I have not had that problem, but uh, I will be on the lookout. <laughs> Maybe it's only certain games, I don't know. I don't know. All right, sorry, Nick, back to you. Oh, we're good, that was the last one. So okay. um, let's go around the table here. What do we What do we think? I, I'll go first since I'm already talking. But uh, um, I'm going to give this game a just good. Um, I do like it. I will play it again. Um, I think it may be on a little bit higher on our, our just good list, Aaron. We'll see in just a little bit. But um, I, I do think the other Sonic games we covered are better for sure. Um, but this 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 was a cool spin. I kind of liked what someone said. It was one of the better flicky games. That was kind of funny. But I, I, I liked it in the fact that it was more had more exploration in it. Um, the whole flicky concept was kind of neat since I do like flicky uh, now. Um, but there was just too many things in it to keep it from Jim. The, the skating, some of the platforms were just miserable. Um, some of the stages just kind of felt, I don't know, like almost unfair, uh, especially the, uh, the spring one. Like that, that one just drove me nuts until I, f you know, finally figured out what the heck I was doing. But, um, I'm gonna have to say just good on this one. I don't think it's quite up there with our gym, um, ratings, but, uh, yeah, well, we can get up there soon. So what do you guys think? If yeah, for me, if only I could rate based on the graphics and the music uh, alone, it would be an absolute gem. But because the gameplay has to round everything out, I'm like at the tippy top of good. I'd probably write it, rate it better than most, if not all of our good games. But yeah, it's, it's going to land right at the top of that good spot for me. Uh, and, and it really does have to do with uh, the slipperiness and some of the frustrations uh, that I experienced over the years playing this game where it wasn't like, uh, you know, the earlier Sonic games where I just had this feeling like I had to keep playing it and, you know, I wanted to get to the end and see what, like, crazy different inventive stages were coming up next. Um, this game does a lot of things right, but... Uh, there were some things where I feel like they, if they would have gone the extra mile or could have at the time, uh, it would have been great. I do feel like the director's cut would probably put this over the edge to gem status with all the cool additions and things. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're not really reviewing the uh, director's cut. So I'm just going to say just good. Well, uh, this just into our joke news desk. Mr. T has been declared so tough, even Google is afraid to run searches about him. <laughs> Back to our gem, nice. garbage or good rating. Um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, I pity that. Nick, Nick, I pity that impersonation. <laughs> um, so playing this game, I thought that the true final boss was actually easier than the regular final boss, which was actually very tough. Uh, even like for someone that's played the game a few times, it's just very chaotic, things flying everywhere, which is kind of interesting and plays into the overall rating of this because I found Sonic 3D Blast Flicky's Island to be a, uh, a flawed gem. Uh, it certainly was the early days of 2.5D and 3D games. Uh, designers and even gamers were just like, treading into this new world so things weren't as polished and sure as they are these days so i think that that sonic 3d blast flicky's island is a gem but it's a a flawed gem it's it's 
got those early days of 3D as we were going from 16-bit to 32-bit, 64-bit, 128-bit. And so you can see that there's a lot of uh, potential and a lot of delivery, and they're not always the same thing. But I think that, that Flicky's Island was a flaw gem. And I think that the director's cut with all of the changes and polish and retrospect that the developer had to add to this uh, makes it a near total gem. Uh, I can understand why people would say that it's just good, though I, I don't understand why people would say it's garbage. And so I'm going to say that uh, either version's a gem, just one's a little more polished. All right. Well, sorry, Sean. Two out of three. <laughs> We're going to have to lay the gavel down and call this one just good. Um, let me share my screen if this will work real quick. Yep. You know what? Uh, I, I got a joke while Nick does that. Uh, what is Santa Claus's favorite part of his sleigh? The rain, dear. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay. What do you get when you mix cats with punctuation? A catastrophe. There it is. There's, no. There's my, yep. Yeah. Can you guys see this? Joke. That's a joke. That a joke. Uh, uh, well, I wish I could say yes, but right now I'm just seeing a gray background. I can see it. Okay, okay. So this was good. And our last, oh crap, where's our last gem? Gratefully, we got a lot of gems. The last gem. We do have a lot of gems. Yeah, our our first top good. Our first top good. That's awful grammar. Uh, the the top the top game that was the highest good was uh, Wolf Child. So I don't know about you, Aaron. I I think it could fall. It's definitely above X Mutants in my my opinion. Yeah, it's above now. Maybe above Shadow Blasters. Uh, I, I could rate it above sports talk baseball, but I don't know if you if you'd kick me off the show if I did. No. Now hang on a second, gentlemen. Are you looking at the one that's live at GenesisGemsPodcast.com, or is this more like a Google Docs kind of a situation? This is the Google Docs again. Oh, li okay. Listener, sorry. If you want to go look at the newest list, go to BitBrosNetwork.com. I I need to kill the other one. So, but I like it. I know. So, Aaron, I'm kind of with you. I think it goes above Sports Talk Baseball underneath Wolfchild. Are you there? I'm, I'm fair with that. Okay. I I personally think it's better than Wolfchild, but full disclaimer, I have not played Wolfchild. <laughs> well, you haven't lived. Yeah, you have not lived, <laughs> that's, my friend. That's life goals right there. That's right. You know, you, you play a game as a hedgehog, you don't play a game as a werewolf. Who are you? Hey, I played a game as a werehog. So That's close, but I <laughs> used to play that game. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'll play it someday, but not today. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it then. Eh? What's that rank it on the number scale? It will now be the new 46. And that'll push the sports talk baseball down the 47 and so on and so forth. Boom. All right. All right. Guys. Well, guys, we're uh, hopefully going to be recording uh, another episode soon because we uh, kind of snuck one in there while we're waiting on this one. So we'll uh, hopefully have more content for all you listeners sooner than later. Um, so that's exciting. Aaron and I will be uh, releasing that one shortly after this one is due. So you guys will get a little double dose of the gems. So enjoy it. Hey, uh, Aaron and Nick, are you guys going to be making any public appearances at any conventions or special events later this year we should know about? You know, I am vaccinated 
I won't rule out anything, but I have I have no major plans at the moment. Yeah, that that, that was always kind of the goal of the Bit Brothers. We 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 want to do that, and of course, everything last year kind of halted that. But we we definitely want to keep that in mind, uh, have a meetup and things like that. So it, it'll it'll eventually happen one of these days. But uh, everything last year just kind of threw a wrench in it. That's one of the reasons we were doing the uh, monthly or the weekly giveaways. Um, that's where some of those funds were going. So that's good. Well, then uh, one last joke for me, guys. And this is a big one. <laughs> what is the ancestor of the cow that weighed 4,400 pounds? It was the steak Osaurus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you get the golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all just avalanches from there. That's right. Well, if, if if this were if this podcast were the end of a, a sports movie, I'd, yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> Slow golf clap. I like it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we appreciate it. Sean, thanks for coming on. Thanks for chatting Sonic with us. Uh, Blue blurs and green hills, my friend. There you go. You want to shout out all your uh, all your stuff again before we... Yeah, if anybody wants to follow me or my projects online, you can find them from my main website at nz17.com or if you want nz17.com. You can find things there like news from the soccer wars as well as various Facebook groups I run, such as News from the Soccer Wars, the Uena Basin Communities for Animal Crossing, Pokemon, and several other things. And also, I run the Games, Animations, and More Convention, or GAM Convention. So for anybody living near the northeastern part of Utah, be sure to check out our website and sign up to our mailing list to find out about our newest events and what to expect from us this year and next. Sounds good. Appreciate it. And guys, we always appreciate everyone listening. And with that, we will catch you all later. See you later. Or later, y'all. Later, guys. Thank you for being a jam. Played you once and now I'm back again. Your card is true. You're the pearl in my Sega world. And if we threw a party... Invited all the hosers we knew You would see the greatest game would be for me I put the card in and I say thank you